This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'll ask you during the show. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Monday, welcome in, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, uh, Barrett Brooks, parts unknown. We're not really sure what's happening. Yeah, yeah what's up with that? <laughs> what, what's up with that? That's that's one of the reasons we love him. He, he keeps you guessing, man. You're never quite exactly sure where you stand, what's going on. What's I, would say, I would say love is a strong word. <laughs> Why we tolerate him? How's that? <laughs> I don't want to say tolerate. Okay. It's somewhere in between. Somewhere between love and tolerate. We yes. can find a happy yes. medium. What's yes. uh, what's the shirt? What, oh, you'll yeah. love this one. Look at this one. <laughs> that is awesome. You like that? I do like that. You have some good so, shirts, man. I, I got I got to give it to you. You do so, good shirts. So I'm assuming you've been to, you've done the museums in DC and all that stuff. Oh, it's awesome. I, I if, love if, it. If people have not, get down there because it's great. Yes. Since I got this shirt like four or five years ago, and uh, you know, we always get family coming in, and the first thing they want to do is either go to see all the museums in DC, or go to New York, or go to Philly to see the Liberty Bell. So I'm like the I'm like the family tour guy. <laughs> My wife hates museums and stuff, so I'm the one that gets stuck. All right. Doing all the family tour. So you know, when you come out of the Smithsonian and, and the Natural History Museum. All up and down the street, they have vending machines. They have the the, the trucks, food trucks, yes, t-shirt trucks, and all this stuff. And you can walk a mile this way and go down like you're going towards the White House. Still more trucks, ice cream, popsicles, t-shirt. So I see this shirt. I said, "That's a great shirt." Yeah, it was only like fifteen bucks. Oh, they're cheap. Here's the only thing I worry about. Like yeah. I just worry about one wash and the thing looks like a onesie for a baby. You know what I mean? Like that. Or or you know what else? You know what else? You wash it and all of a sudden you look down and the letter's laying this way. Yeah, right. And the layer's laying over yeah, this way. Yeah, the U is gone, it becomes yo. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's the only yeah, thing. Man. Because there's some great ones. Like if you ever come out of if, I, I you always covered the games, but if you ever come out of like an Eagles game or a Sixers game at the at the Wells Fargo Center, whatever, they have some really creative shirts, man, these guys. Yeah, they I just do. worry. Like, and granted, you're right. It's like 10 bucks. So you're, you're really, I mean, what, what are we talking about here? But ultimately I want the thing to last for a little while, man. I exactly. don't want one wash and it's done. I've gotten, I've gotten like five years out of this one. I'm right, shocked. You, you did good. Because I'm, I'm, I'm rough on shirts, but I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm rough. On now shirts, you have, but... you have a good collection of shirts though. But uh, yeah. Hey, we see everybody in the comment section. Kyle showed. Yeah. What's William. up? Uh, the, the captain's out there, your boy, uh, uh, for uh, T Fortuna. He, he's doing his thing as well. well, so we'll Tuna, Tuna says he's not fishing, so we don't know where Barrett is. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. we'll find Maybe. We, we, Maybe we, got a, we got a search party out right now. But, we'll but here's, here's the reason I got this shirt, because I think it fits me perfectly. You know, there's some days you just don't want to be found. You know, Correct. you just don't want people to know where you are. 
which is harder and harder these days, by the way. Yes. With with technology. When, when you go out, you, sometimes you don't want to talk about football. You know, you just want to f- blend into the crowd. That's why one of the things I love most about fishing is when I'm out fishing, nobody knows who you are. You put your hat on. You look <laughs> grungy. Get your sunglasses on. You know, you got the, you got the five o'clock shadow going. Yeah. So you can just blend right in. All people want to talk about what bait you're using, what kind of rod reel you use, and stuff like that. I'll talk about that all day. All right. You know, as much as I, you know, I think you can attest to this. Uh, as much as we love talking football, basketball, baseball, sometimes enough is enough. You know, and that's and and you know, but because of what we do, you're cordial to everybody you encounter. And I tell people, especially my kids. Always be nice to people because you just never know who might know somebody you work with or a boss you work for. You just don't know, you know. So, you know, I'm cordial to everybody, you know. And um, But sometimes it's like you just want to be part of the family, you know. Well, yeah, here's what I get. And I don't – I really rarely ever mind just talking about sports. But what happens sometimes is you'll have someone – pose a question to you which yeah. they're not really asking you a question in other words they'll come up to you and say man what do you think about the uh, jalen hurts here's what i think and you can't even get a word out and then yes. they go for 15 minutes and you're like whoa i don't did work i think you were asking i i didn't even get my like you didn't get they want to debate out. they want to debate you. well they want to debate or just lay on you what they think and you there's no give and take it's just blah you know no, and see, you don't even get a word out see the thing is the people the people who want to debate you they walk away and they say, you know what? I was debating D gun. I told him what I thought, you know, right. I want up D gun. No, you didn't want up me. It's just that you asked me a question. I've been asked a hundred times. And as you notice, I'm slowly trying to walk towards my car <laughs> and you're following me to my car, which is cool. But you have to understand that I'm in a hurry to either get to my next destination or to get home or to yep. do something, but they want to debate you, man. And, and it's like, you gotta be nice. You yeah. gotta be nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and sometimes people speak from a fan perspective, and you're thinking that's not very realistic. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hear what you're saying, but it's not realistic financially, structure wise, trade wise, whatever you, whatever the case may be. It's but you don't want to say that because then you're there longer. Yeah. Because they want to give you another scenario. Well, I give you, I give you, I just to, to your point. So um, Saturday. Actually, it was yesterday. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm on WIP and I'm doing, you know, my show. And obviously something we're going to get to in a second is Bryce Harper's injury. Right. So we're talking about that. And I had a caller who called and said, well, there's an easy solution to this. I said, oh, OK, what's the easy solution? The Phillies should go out and just get Trey Turner from the Dodgers. Right. Yeah. OK. And All I'm right. saying. Okay, what are you uh, what are you giving up to, to get Trey yeah. Turner uh, yeah. for starters? What, what, yeah. what do the Phillies have prospect wise? Well, trust me, they can get him. Um, I don't think so. And I don't think the Dodgers want to give him up. Uh, they let Corey Seager walk. So Trey Turner could play shortstop and they gave a ton up to the nationals to get him to begin with. Yes. So I don't really think so. And the guy's like, no, trust me. I know they can get him. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and then what do you do at that point? I don't even know what to say anymore. You know what you say? You know what you say? Thanks for the call. Okay. Appreciate it. There <laughs> you go. The call. Yeah. Okay. We'll see how that works out. Or you say, can you tell me exactly what medication you're on or what you're smoking at this particular time? And look, I get part of it of, of being a fan is you want everybody, man. You want the best player on every team. It's I get it. But if you're in the if you're Dave Dombrowski, for example, or you're Howie Roseman or 
whatever, Daryl Morey, whoever you want to take here. It, it ain't that easy, man. You're not just snapping your fingers and getting yeah. so-and-so. There's a lot that goes into this thing. We see Mama Brooks. How you doing, Mama Brooks? Morning, Mama Brooks. Hey, um, William Stark, thank you, brother. I appreciate the love. Yeah, this is, I this like is, it, right? This William, is, that's a good shirt. I bought this shirt, shirt deliberately because it does fit my personality. You don't know me. Sometimes I do feel like I need to be in the witness protection program. I do. In your own house sometimes. This. You got you to hide uh, Yeah, that, yes. that too. Now, see, I can't hide in my house. If I disappear, I get a text. Where are you? I'm in the house. <laughs> I, I do this deliberately. I'm in the house. Where in the house? Uh, why? I just want to know. Well, maybe I don't want to be found at this particular time. <laughs> yeah. I'm just in the house. I'm just taking a breath, a breather. Yes. And don't get me wrong. I love my family, but sometimes yes. there's so much commotion. You know, you just want to slip away and maybe catch the inning of a game or a quarter of a game and hear everything that's going on in the game. We all need yeah. a little me time. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. Yes. Okay. There is Why nothing can't D Gun have some me time? time? Why? Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, oh, did you see uh did you see here uh, Adam's exploits? You see this comment? Uh Angelo just realized Seth isn't working for NBC Sports anymore. He announced it on his Seth Joiner show last Tuesday. I ain't saying nothing, but yeah, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh Seth uh left it open for I'll be following up shortly with where you'll be hearing me, and we'll leave it yeah. at that too. But that is correct. He is leaving NBC Sports. That's coming from Seth. Yes. So that's not speculation on our part. That is uh, what Seth has laid out there. Yeah. Um, and I would just say to that as well, stay tuned. There's going to be some interesting Dude, stuff happening. Ray Dinger and, and Seth Joyner in the span of a Oof. couple of months. Whoa. Major. I wonder, I wonder major. what Mr. Brooks thinks about that. Major. Yeah, we will. We'll talk. Yeah. If, if Barrett's on, if Barrett's ever back with us again, we'll, we'll ask him about it. Yeah, Barrett's got his work cut out for him. Yeah, no, huh? I mean Barrett's going silent, man. He ain't texted us back yet. Nothing. He's laying low, man. He's he's, he's getting some he? me time. He's getting some me time. In fact, all right, John has a request. All right, so Derek, yes. I'll 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 That's let it. you know on this. So, right, I I you when when you remember Harry, our friend Harry May. So yeah. Harry's doing a show. Yeah. So um, when Harry and I used to do middays over at ninety seven five, the fanatic, it our program director at the time he's not the program director there now just to be clear right. about that okay this this guy is not in town anymore uh was a a constant um you're not talking enough eagles Derek if we did a four-hour show and we did three right. hours and 55 right, right. minutes of eagles that was right. not enough for him okay What's so for a second people? for a second we veered off and talked about your t-shirt he would bring us in yeah. and we talked to him in the office about it right so it got so ridiculous what? Oh, I'm telling you, it was absurd. So we, it got to the point where he was all over me because I was the one who drove the show, meaning I'm the one who you know took us in and out of breaks. Sure, up the top absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he would he would pull me aside and say, "Look, if you guys are getting off the rails, it was one of his favorite terms, off the rails, or Harry was right. getting off the rails, you got to make sure we swing it back to an Eagles discussion." So. I would be charged with if, if in any way, shape, God forbid, we talked about music or TV or anything else for two seconds. I'd what? always have to say, let's get it back to the Eagles. That's how I would always Are say. Are you serious? So that was a request. And then, John, there you go. Let's get it back to the Eagles. Is, is, well, and it's still used well, as a drop at the station. 
Well, well, John, we'll get it back to the Eagles when we get it back to the Eagles. But right now, <laughs> no, he wasn't saying for about, us. He just no, wanted no, to I'm hear just kidding. Me say it. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I just found out where Mr. Brooks is. He finally texted me. Okay. He's at Andre Reed golf turn. He oh, did he, tell us he was going to be there today. He did mention yep. that. In fairness, in fairness to Barrett, he, he, yep. he in Barrett fashion though, he did it while we were in show, and you and I were both kind of in the middle, like making a point. We we're both like, uh, yes. when is yeah, this? What? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's that's cool. Anyway, you know, Bear, like I said, Barrett does a lot of charity stuff, but he does. That's a good question to ask him. Hey, Barrett, what are you going to do without Seth and Ray Diddy this year? Yeah, we'll, we'll find because out tomorrow. I already know. See, you know, if there's one thing, see, I, it, when it comes to like big brother, little brother, yes. Barrett's like my big little brother. I'm the he antagonist. Is. Very so, much so. Not even going to tell him, but I'm going to bring it up. Hey, uh, Barrett, uh, last week, uh, Seth announced that he's no longer working for NBC. What are you guys going to do? Now, I just want to see the look on this. Yes. So I just want to see the look on his face. And the first thing he'll probably say, D-Gun, that ain't funny. Oh, yeah, it is. That's funny. Oh, that's funny you love, stuff. You love putting him in bad spots, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Yes. And, and, yes. and Barrett, Barrett's probably even, and I will say this, and I mean this in a complimentary way, too honest yeah. even for his own good. Some, like, he's not political yes. enough even for his own no. good sometimes. No. So no. <laughs> Barrett, yeah, Barrett's just from the hip. No matter what, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also nice to, to to get him in and back him in the corner just a little bit, just to see how he'll come bit. out swinging. We'll do, so we will do that first thing tomorrow. I promise. Hey, Joey B, congrats on your please, abs. Please, please. Yeah, took care of business. That's good, good mm -hmm. stuff. He's he's still drunk after last night. I, I'm still that was drunk. a good, another good game, man. It was another yeah. good game. I, I will say this: they, we'll get into it later. But the Avalanche's defense in that third period was absolutely stifling, stifling. On jeez, Facebook. they couldn't jeez. do anything. It no. was incredible. Incredible. I just wanted to see a seventh game in two great teams too. like that. They're two perfectly matched up. I just wanted to see a seventh game, but you know, yeah, I didn't care Colorado. who won. I'm with you, Derek. I didn't, I didn't care who won. Just give me seven yeah. games, man. I, a seventh yeah. game in any sport is the best. Absolutely. But it's first, the first title since 2001. I understand, yeah. you know, people are going crazy just like people did here in yeah. 2018 after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I get it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, All right. So we were, I don't know if you were watching it. I was, I was, I was, in fact, I was laying in bed watching the game on Saturday. Um, and, you know, Bryce Harper comes up, he's facing Blake Snell and he catches a 97 mile per hour fastball up and in trying to essentially protect his face. And the ball hits off of his left thumb. Harper knew right away. You know, he knew yeah. right away that it yeah. was bad. Uh Breaks the thumb, has some words for for Snell going on. But then he said to him, "Like I get you not yeah. trying to hit me." He said, just, "My bad, yeah, just, My yeah." Bad. But but he, yeah. he he reacted the way any of us would when right. something like right. that. You're just you're irrational. You you don't care. You know whatever. Um. So he's he's out indefinitely. He's supposed to have. They flew back last night there from from the West Coast, and he's going to have further testing today. So hopefully we'll know the extent. Look, best case there isn't surgery involved. You know you just. Right splint the thing up and, and, and you hope it's, uh, you know, a, a month or six weeks, right? Worst case, he's having yep. surgery and could be it for the season. So we just don't know. It's, it is worst case scenario for the Phillies. I mean, well, the, if, the guy if, you, could, if he is, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say the guy they get oh. most, at least afford to lose. They lost. Yeah. Um, if it's surgery, now you're talking about putting a pin in this thing. Right. And that's it. He's done. That That's yes. it. You know, Yep. When, it, when it initially happened, man, I jumped back. I said, oh, no, 
because mm -hmm. I, I thought, you know, I thought he got hit in the face, side of the face. And I'm thinking I did too. shattered, shattered cheekbone, shattered jaw, something like no, that. Yeah. No, then once you saw bone. him go to yep. the ground. Yeah. He grabbed his hand and I'm thinking, you know, like you said, he knew right away. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's a clean break. You know, he'll be back in like six, seven weeks, you know, which is still a lot of time when you consider some of the heavyweight matchups oh, yeah. they have coming up, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, you're right. The one guy they could not afford to lose in this lineup, you know, and Segura's still out. You know, I know. So, uh, geez, what else with this team? Well, to what to could it, be, you think it's over? Uh, I think your team is cursed. I think they're cursed. Uh, well, curse this fan. Look, you don't have to sell any any Philadelphians on on the curse on being cursed or you know, know. having every, every all the sports gods against them. Uh, but Derek, this is what they lose. 318 average, 15 home runs, 48 RBIs, 385 on base, 599 slug, 985 OPS. That's what they lose, man. And and, and a guy who's been money in big spots, late games, so, late in games. Those numbers, are, those numbers are not impressive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're I'm like, just lying. They're, I'm for just a lying. season, you take those, let alone 60 some odd games, whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's a massive blow. Here's where I'll really give them credit. That goes down Saturday, and they still win the game. And you're yes. thinking, Sunday, they're probably going to get their doors blown off. They're, they're facing you, yep. Darvish. It's Gibson, who's the fifth starter. They get down early. Yep. And, man, they fought back. I, I give them a lot of credit. They showed a lot of heart on that on in that San Diego series in general. Two words. Kyle Schwarber. Yes. That dude's yes. a beast. 21 home three runs word, before the All-Star Three All -Star words. Base. Month of June. Month of June. Oh, my goodness. Perfect. Oh my it's goodness! Incredible! This it's incredible! Dude, yeah, he, he is he's not. He's got eleven typical... home runs, Derek. He's got eleven in home June. runs in June. Yeah, and what 20, 21 for the season? Yeah, I mean he is, and that he is the he is one of the strongest guys in Major League Baseball. That that one he hit yesterday to the opposite field was like oh a flick my of goodness. the wrist. Dude, I thought it was a deep pop up. I swear I did. I thought it was a, yep. that thing just kept going. You know they've been talking and they were talking throughout the whole series about how the baseballs are different and how they seem to just die. Um, yeah. You know, what would consider the home run, they just seem like they die when they get to the outfield. I'm thinking right. this thing's going to die, you know. Yeah. And it just kept going and going. And that, man, did that change the complexion of the game. And how about that bullpen? Oh, oh. my goodness. The whole series. Yeah. Are you kidding they were me? Incredible. I mean, incredible. The whole series. Yeah. They've, a lot of guys have, have just, oh, you know what's goodness. happened? They've, um, I think they kind of figured roles out a little bit here with, you know, if Sir Anthony can go, he's the closer. Wow. It's some combination. Brogdon's on the COVID list, but it's some combination of Brogdon when he's not on the COVID list and yep. Hand uh, on the back end. But all of a sudden, you're seeing like Bilotti, Nick Nelson. Oh, these yeah. guys who were like oh, yeah. batting practice early in the year are starting to figure it out, man. Nelson goes, this is the underrated part of that game yesterday, Derek. Schwarber, obviously, the huge hit and, and credit to Castellanos actually had a good game. Uh, Stubbs had a, had a clutch hit as well. But the, credit for me. Nick Nelson goes three and a third to, when Gibson didn't have it to get you to the end of the game, basically to it, to the back end. He was the bridge and he held them scoreless for three and a third. You, you mean the same bullpen that not too long ago, you wanted everybody fired in the bullpen, Correct. just like, just like you wanted, um, you know, Girardi fired. Uh, I'm, well, I'm just throwing it out there for conversation. How did that, I'm just how'd that work out. <laughs> how did that work out? Okay. The bullpen so they're, they're, heard you. They heard what you did to Girardi. Yes. Yes. 
they heard what you did to Girardi and they wanted to make sure that didn't happen to any of them. They, they like employment. They like employment. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it was remarkable. Now the big question is, you know, how this generally works. You get generally guys will step up in, in the, in the interim, in the short term, when something major happens, like if a, a coach gets right. fired. Now the Phillies right. are, this looks different. This looks like they really couldn't stand Girardi and Thompson's been really good. But my point yeah. is with Harper, okay, to their credit, really showed some character and guts the last two games to, to win yes. those games. But what happens as we go forward here, to, especially what, what, what we're talking about here with this schedule? Because, you know, Derek, we talked about this a ton last week. So here's the good thing. They get an off day today, which is good. They get off their feet a little bit. And, you know, I guess we'll find out about Harper later. If we right. get any word, by the way, we'll pass it along ASAP. But Atlanta for three, St. Louis for three. They do get Washington, which should be winnable. But then they're at St. Louis at Toronto. So that's what they have coming up immediately for sure without Harper, for sure. Like we know that. That's tough. That is going to be a really tough. And and we'll get into it in the next segment. Who really needs to step up? And there are, there are a lot of candidates of guys who really need to step up for sure. Um, but there's some obvious ones. And and maybe, maybe Castellanos kind of got his act together uh, yesterday and he can ride some of that momentum. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not buying it yet. I need to see more, a, a bigger sample. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he, 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 he has one good game and all of a sudden four bad games, yeah. one good game, two bad games. I just need to see a bigger sample. I'm not, I'm not buying into him yet, but it's going to be a telling tale over these upcoming series as to, is he going to give you something, um, you know, other than just, uh, a body in the lineup because he has not come close to carrying his weight this season. And, you know, he had a key, he had a couple hits this series, but I'm not buying him yet. I can't, I just can't, I, I, I hate to be Debbie Downer, but I'm just still not there with him yet, man. I just can't. Uh, I'm with you. Like I I'm, I'm weirdly optimistic here that I don't think they're dead. Uh, I'm talking about in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you in that. Castellanos, from what I've seen this year, I need to see yep. a stretch here before I'm buying into that. Exactly. 100%. Now, exactly. the good news is Schwarber was awful in May, okay? Yep. And and he, he's been ridiculous in June. So oh, it, no question. It, it's not like this can't happen because Castellanos throughout his career has been a very good hitter. Here's here's one thing I think might be interesting, Derek, to keep your eye on. Right. right. He's not going to be playing right now that Harper's out. He'll go to the DH spot, okay? Maybe not have to be in the field. I don't know, lift something off of him, and he can just concentrate on hitting. Who are you going to put in the field? It's not great. It's You know what it's going to be? It's going to be like Veerling in right. It's going to be Moniac, Herrera in center. It's not great. I'm not telling you that. I'm saying maybe just from a Castellano standpoint, I I know I'm reaching here a little bit. but Dude, did you see how those Padre outfielders track down balls in the gap? Yeah, they're they're, a talented team. They're going to get speed. when they get Manny oh, back, which is going to be soon, and they're going to yeah. get Tatis back, they I don't know yep. exactly when. I mean, that's look out. I mean, they're going to be just they're 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 that West man. I watched the Dodgers last night a little bit against the oh uh, against Braves. the Braves, yeah. Uh, you know, and and the Giants, the Giants are really good too. The West is nasty. One one of our nieces is here from California, and you know her family's big, you know, Dodgers fans. Um, and I watched uh, like the last three four innings of the game Saturday night. What a game Saturday night. And then I watched the game Sunday. Dodgers came back and won it in 11. I'm going to tell you, you're right, man. That West is, is, is going to be brutal from start to finish. Yeah, it is. You know, and, 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 and Arizona teams like Arizona, 
they may not get to the playoffs, but they're not a bad team either. I look yeah. at them like I look at the Texas Rangers. I know. You know, and you wonder, how in the world are they below sea level? Um, it's just a luck of the break sometimes, but they're not a bad team. So they're going to be knocking people off left and right. You're talking about the Giants, the Padres, the Dodgers. Yeah. My goodness. I'm, I I'm really watching that race closely because every other day it's the Padres leading. All of a sudden now the Dodgers are leading the division. I think the Dodgers are up on them by four games now out west, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I believe it's four games. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it's it's going to be fun. To watch. Of course, then again, the East is no slouch. You got Atlanta. You got the Mets. You got the Phillies. I mean, that's no slouch except, you know, where it, it's going to be tough. James has a theory on Castellanos, which I buy okay. into. All right. His season went south when he bought Ben Simmons' house. That is correct. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just, Where do people come up with this stuff? Take the hit, man. Sell it. Just unload it. I don't care if you've been in there for two months. Sell the thing, man. You got to go. <laughs> but that's uh, that's pretty funny, man. That is pretty that funny. That You know, you, you were talking about the bullpen a moment ago, and the thing yeah. that impressed me the most about the Phillies' bullpen, during this series against the Padres – the Padres didn't get a hit off a Phillies reliever until the eighth inning of Sunday's game. I know. Yeah, it was like a 30-something. Uh, 34 batters, innings, I believe 34, it was. yeah, stretch. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Incredible. And I'm thinking, what? 34 batter stretch, I believe it was. Batter. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And I had to look up the numbers, and sure enough, it was the eighth. So for three-plus games, the Padres couldn't get a hit off a Phillies reliever the same bullpen staff that we have been chastising for much of this season. Man, did they buckle down this series. Oh, my goodness. And they didn't pitch bad, too bad in the Texas Rangers series either. No, they, they really didn't. It was the it was the bats against the Rangers. It, they've actually right, right. been good now for, you know, uh, uh, maybe a bit about a 10-game stretch. They've been pretty good here. Yes. I mean, look, yes. if they keep getting the starting pitching they've got – I know Gibson wasn't good yesterday, but the – you know, yeah. even Nola was great Friday. Yes. Nola gives up one run Friday. And lost and one oh my, to his brother of all people. I know, the worst. Um, but if they keep getting this kind of starting pitching and the bullpen, it look, yes. is, this is real out of them, that's yep. how they hang around, Derek, if if you can get Harper back at some point. That's how you hang it, around. It, as inconsistent as their defense is, if they continue to get the pitching and the bats continue to pop the way they're popping, they're gonna they're gonna win more games than than they, than they lose. Even even with the deficiency in defense, yep, those two elements of the game will cover up for the, their deficiencies in the field. No, no question doubt. about it, because there's no lead that's too great for them to overcome. You know the way these guys are swinging the bat, and it's you know we talk about Schwarber leading things off, but it seems like every night it's somebody else. Right. It's a stop one night. It's somebody else the next night. It just goes on and on. Guys, you don't even think about it, it, they come up with these big clutches in the middle to late innings. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. But you know what? It's what you got to do. You want you want you want to be you want to be relevant in late September. It's what you got to do for the rest of this season. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Hey, I want to throw this out there. We'll get into this a little bit later uh, when we dive into open talk and whatnot. So. There's a report from uh, a Christian Winfield who covers the Nets yeah. for the uh, New York Daily News, I believe, uh, who said that Kyrie Irving wants out. He's there. He's um, agreed with the Nets front office to work out a sign and trade. So uh, I guess Woj tweeted out uh, a little while ago sources, ESPN sources. You can follow Woj at Woj ESPN. Of course, uh, you know, NBA insider for ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski outside of the Lakers. There are currently no known teams planning a, a pursuit of sign and trades for Kyrie Irving. No sign and trades can be formally discussed until 6 p.m. on Thursday. Brooklyn isn't right. believed to be interested 
uh, isn't believed to have interest in available Lakers packages. If Irving declines the $36 million option that he has, he would be eligible to sign with the Lakers for a $6 million exception. Deadline is Wednesday to decide on the exception. This is where we're really going to find out, Derek. What? I mean, we, we he is an, an outside-the-box strange cat, okay, to say the least. But is he really willing? Does he really want out that badly to, to take a $30 million hit this year? You know what? You, you talk about 36 if he opts in, six if he takes if he takes the exception, the mid-level exception with the Lakers. You know, and all the teams he put on his list, Derek. Yeah. Sixers. They can't sign. Knicks, Clippers, yeah. uh, Dallas, Miami. They can't afford him. They can't afford him. No. No. This is where you find out do you want to play or do you want out that badly? You know, have you worn out your welcome with the Nets? Because if I'm Brooklyn, I don't even want him back at this point. You know, obviously he can help you in a lot of ways. But I don't, I don't want him back because of his antics. I don't. Me either. You know, and, and where are you going to send him? Now, you give up that kind of money. That's money you're never going to recoup again in your career. Right. You know, you, you may be paid well down the road, but you're not going to recoup that big chunk of money you're going to lose. Um, you, you, good luck to, you know, good luck to wherever you go, but I do not want to see him in Philadelphia. I know that's not going to happen. I would not want to see him in Philadelphia. Phenomenal player. But too much of a head case. You just can't depend on him. And, and Derek, you get him four years at like fifty million a year, and I mean, he's he's done nothing to show you that he wants to be on the court for eighty-two games. Nothing. No, no, no. You know, it's always an excuse with this guy. When he's out there, he is electric, and he is basically unstoppable. I mean, yeah. I'm just going to say it. He's a great. I player. don't think there's anybody one-on-one that can stop him in a, in a, any guard in the league that can stop him one-on-one. And, you know, we know there's some great defensive guards out there, but I don't think there's anybody who can stop him one-on-one when he has his head on right. But you don't know when he's going to come to play mentally. You just don't yep. know. Do you, do you want that headache? Because yep. that kind of headache causes a lot of tension in the locker room. A lot of things are unsaid, but there's a lot of frustration and a lot of tension um, in, in a locker room. And if you're trying to take your team to that next level, you don't want a guy who can stagnate the growth of your team because – Number one, he know he he knows he's a phenomenal player, but more importantly, he knows he can basically pull whatever he wants to get what he wants. You don't yeah. need that. Brooklyn let him walk all over them, and now, and I think at the end of the season, they finally put their foot down. What's going to be really fascinating yeah. about yeah. this too is what's the offshoot with Durant? Does Durant then one out? <sighs> yeah, it could end up being Ben wow. Simmons is the last man standing wow. in Brooklyn. Like, how about that? How bizarre would that be? You know, that's where he wanted to go all along. The Sixers got him his wish. <laughs> and it made me My with goodness. no Durant or no Kyrie Irving. Unbelievable. You can't write this stuff. Well, man. Let's see. No Ben Simmons, no Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no James Harden. Man, just oh. think two years ago, it's all people, all experts talked about. Brooklyn is the favorite to win the NBA title this year. Now, they're one. if they lose Durant, they're going to be one of the favorites to have a lottery pick next year. It was <laughs> the quickest – it was oh, the quickest big three that just went, uh, you know, blew to bits, you know, with, with what, Kyrie Irving and, uh, and and James Harden. What's that saying? It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Amen. Amen. Yeah, All right. Let, let's, I know. Yeah. All right. So one o'clock, Mike Sealski is going to join us. We'll talk to Mike. The, the beauty of uh, talking to Mike is we, we just jump around. We'll hit him with everything. Phillies, what's going on with Harper, Sixers, what may happen here with Daryl Morey, if he's going to be able to pull a rabbit out of his hat and get this thing going here with them. The, the trade I thought to get you were going to say something else. 
<laughs> a, a rabbit out of his I, bleep. I'm keep I'm keeping it clean so far. I, okay. Did you right. speaking of that? <laughs> did you hear the audio, the 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 radio call on WIP with Scott Fransky and Michael Bourne when Harper got hit yeah. by the pitch? No. You, <laughs> no. So Fransky. Fransky who's as good as anybody in the business, by the way. He is great. We had him on a couple weeks ago, but yep. he is phenomenal. Yep. <laughs> Michael Bourne, when when uh, when Harper got hit, screams out, oh, bleep, on the no, broadcast. He no, S-word. he did Yes. No, he didn't. And, and then after he does it, so Francie's just kind of like moving on, like trying not to draw attention to it, right? And, and – describing Harper's down and you know now he's up and he's angry and he's yelling at stuff oh. and Michael Bourne keeps trying to get it back saying oh my bad I, I overreacted I just reacted to, you know and it and, and you can tell oh no. you can just tell listening to Fransky he's like dude just be quiet well let's just come on we're moving on here but yeah he threw oh, out the and look he's not that far removed from being a player so he's reacting I get and, and you know what he didn't say anything different than any of us were saying when we saw that thing happen you know what I'm saying? Wow. But it was fun. It was, I, I, I certainly, it was no malice intended. I hope he doesn't get in trouble for it, but it was pretty well, all I said, action. All I said was, oh, poopsies. That's all I said. It, oh, poopsies? Yes. That's all I said. <laughs> My God. That's all I said. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So here's what we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll keep rolling. One of the things we're going to look at here, Derek, is uh, you brought up the bullpen. We'll dive into the bullpen a little bit, but we'll get heavy into the Eagles. Here's the Eagles question and, what, and the Eagles topic we're going to tackle today. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, as uh, far as trust level goes, Sirianni, Gannon, Hurts. Who do you put trust in? Order? in the, yeah, what is your order, your ranking okay. of those All three right. That you have the most trust in will have a good year for the Eagles. Okay, however you 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 break yeah, that's that down. A tough question. Wow. I think it's I, I think it's an interesting one. It's definitely food for thought. So that's what we're going to dive into with the Eagles. As I mentioned, we got Mike Sealski coming up at one. A lot more in store. You don't want to go anywhere on this uh, little kind of gloomy here uh, in these parts on this Monday weather wise. But we will uh, we're going to brighten your day. Derek's like sunshine. He's like a ray of sunshine, man. I am. You know what? It's gloomy outside. I, what, we're expecting some rain maybe today. I think in the but, next hour or so, whatever, right? a couple hours. But it's, but it's warm. See, that's where I look at it. It's gloomy, Amen. but it's warm outside. It's not yes. like it's gloomy and it's October or November. I'm with you. Gloomy and cold yeah. is a different thing than, than gloomy and warm. I'm, See, I'm See what I'm saying? Couldn't be with you more, man. Uh, See, we had a Rob, great- there's, there's always a ray of sunshine. I see that we had great weather this weekend, man. I thought we had phenomenal weather. Oh, dude! And we I see broke everybody. Out the blacks, yes, All I broke friends, out the Blackstone Grill. Greg. Oh, oh, oh! Oh man! What did we make? I gotta was, send, uh... I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send Xander some pictures real quick so we can pop them up. Uh, okay. I broke out. I did smash burgers on the Blackstone Grill. Ooh, okay. Oh All right. man. All right, we'll we'll show Woo. the pictures when we get back as well. So don't go anywhere. A lot more in store. Birds, Sixers. Who knows? Uh, if we get any word on Harper, we'll pass that along as well, and we'll continue uh, rocking and rolling here. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, it's that time. I'm, I'm a little hungry. I don't know about you guys. Station Tap Catering in Drexel Hill will handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your company. They get 50 years of experience in food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress, and your guests will be impressed. I've had it. I've had it catered. I've had it catered to my house. I've had the food at, at an event where it's being catered and it is 
flat out incredible. The service is great. The it's there on time. It's reasonable price wise. The variety is great. The menu is off the charts and they have an incredible, incredible banquet facility where you can have anything from you know little league to a wedding to a uh, graduation party, whatever the case may be. Great. And it's brand new state of the art in Drexel Hill. Give them a call. 484-469-3222. 484-469-3222. Again, delicious food for private events, corporate functions, individual package meals for your next tailgate. Phillies are coming back home. You got a little something down there for the Phils. Eagles right around the corner. They are the people that you want to tap. Station Tap Catering. You can check them out online. StationTapCatering.com. That's StationTapCatering.com. with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Monday. Barrett out today. He is golfing in Andre Reed's 
golf outing, which I believe is uh, up in Bethlehem. Say, yeah, Bethlehem, which is uh, Andre's yeah. from around that area. Andre went to Kutztown, yeah. uh, in fact. What a, yep. what a career. Yep. How about that, man? Division two player, what he ended up doing in the NFL. Hey, there's a, there's a lot of small college guys who made big names for themselves in the NFL, man. So it's, you know, he people keep thinking too. you have to come from big schools to have success in the NFL. No, you don't. No, mm-hmm. you just have to be in the right place at the right time, have a desire. And you know what? There's always an exception to every rule. And, uh, you know, history is shown in the NFL. Some of the most memorable names and memorable moments in the NFL were made by guys who came from these little out-of-the-way colleges, man. And uh, Andre Reed was one of them. How many players have come out of Kutztown? I Me, mean, seriously. He was a tough dude, too. He was oh, tough. John, oh. Mo- John Mobley uh, is another example, Derek. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, the greatest of the guy. greatest, Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State. Absolutely. You know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence came out of Troy, a little college yeah. called Troy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Jeremiah Trotter was a great player, came out of what, Sam Houston State? Some, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you no, know? I, absolutely, man. Um, there's been well, Brian Westbrook out of Nova and no, you know, Hugh Douglas, Central Central Ohio, State. or yeah, what was the name of that place? Central uh, State, yeah, Central State, yeah, you know, yeah, no, that's uh, absolutely, you know, it's another great example of it. Yeah, they'll find you now, man. They will find you somehow, some way. They're hey, scouting yeah. is so advanced now, they will oh, find you. That's for sure. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Hey, I forgot to ask you something off the top of the show because, yeah, I know there is no more passionate loyal, emotional Philadelphia sports fan than my colleague and my good friend, Rob Ellis. So when Bryce Harper gets dinged, did you fall on the floor and clutch a pillow? Did the tears flow? (laughs) Did you ask your wife for a hug? Or did you take it like a man and just sit there and go, I don't believe this just happened. She was, uh, she was annoyed uh, because I, she claimed I had the Phillies game on too loud as we were laying in bed as she was trying to sleep. So she went, she was sleeping okay. down the basement. So she wasn't there to, to clutch or do anything. So I was, uh, okay. I, I was just laying there like, are you kidding me? Like, did this really just happen? Now that night I wrote the season off. However, you wrote the season off. However, the next day okay. I woke up with a much different feeling, uh, a good feeling. In fact, not good. Good's probably a stretch but a feeling of optimism that the season was not You let not cooler over. heads prevail. Is that what you Yeah, mean? very much so. Very much so. Like I, okay. I, I didn't sleep particularly well, but I woke up the next day and I'm like, you know what? We have seen this before. We have seen this before. We've seen the Eagles overcome a quarterback. 2017, yep. An offensive tackle, a middle linebacker, a special teams ace in, in Dallas Hall, Hall of Fame special teams ace, yes. Right. And – Granted, there isn't exactly a Nick Foles waiting in the wings to step in to you know to for Bryce Harper with no, this team. No, no. But we've seen weird things happen before. Uh, we have seen weird things happen, and that to me uh, is is reason enough. This early in this, you realize they're only a game and a half out of the wild card right now. Yes, yes. I'm not writing them off. I'm not, Derek. I'm really not. Wait, being, did you say you didn't sleep well? I did not sleep well because Bryce Harper got plumped. I don't sleep well anyway. Uh, I oh, wake up a hundred okay. times during the night, but it really, was, it, it did. Oh God. Yeah. I, I'm the worst. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the type who wakes up and I have to sit there and like, cause I, then I'll start thinking about everything. My mind starts racing. I have to like, I have to tell myself, stop, just compartmentalize, relax. You're not going to solve all the issues that, you know, laying there, but that's, just, that's par for the course. Like um, three, four different times during the night, wake up. 
See, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I, 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 when I get back in bed, I just lay there and stare at the ceiling because I can't go. My wife can fall asleep standing up. Yep. And when her head hits the pillow, she's out in like 30 seconds. I wish I could do that. Same I here. always play a puzzle. I always, you know, I'm playing a puzzle on my phone, something to make me drowsy before I go to sleep. You know, I just can't just fall asleep like that, man. I mean, my wife, she can fall asleep anywhere. I was like, yeah. why? I wish I could do that, man. I can't. And if she gets up and she goes back, boom, she's out within 30 seconds. I'm like, man. Same here. And not only can she fall asleep like that quickly, but yeah. there could be somebody jackhammering, you, you know, literally in our room. Like there gets somebody with it with a sledgehammer in our room, smashing things up, and she'll sleep right through it. She is really? like, "Oh God, yeah, yeah." She can once she's out. Her problem is falling asleep if it's loud, right? That's what I'm saying about the TV or okay. whatever. Okay. But once she's down for the count, boom, she's out, man. See, my yeah. wife, she doesn't even hear. The, now we have the 11 month old uh, crib at the foot of our bed. She doesn't even hear the baby when the baby get, wakes up crying. I'm the one that gets mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. But here's my conspiracy theory. I think she sleeps through it on purpose, knowing that I'm not going to let that baby cry. So exactly. She get up. I've, I've, that's I my conspiracy it. theory for the day. I like our suggestions, Kevin. I appreciate the lavender spray. I have heard that. Uh, Dank says lavender spray. Whoa, 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 whoa. Lavender spray? I never heard that's that. That's what I've heard that. I've heard it. it just, it's got this sort of calming influence on you it helps you like go to she, sleep yeah like um what, what was going on we had something so we're having an issue i know this is going to sound bizarre we have an issue with the water heater and it was like making a really loud noise only like periodically this is a right, couple months right, ago right so she put on on her phone the uh on the app the you know the, the sounds of like the ocean to, to crank that up to drown right. out the the sound from the other thing Right. And that works per worked perfectly for her. I'm just sitting there like I can't, I can't. It was it was keeping me awake. In fact, really, but yeah. The lavender is supposed to be calming. Yes, I never heard that before. I have, yeah, I did hear that actually. That's a good. I don't know if I could do the mask. I, I could. I, my daughter used to do that. I don't know if she still does. But I can't, I, I can't I, do a mask. I, I don't think do I could do the mask. No, I, I no. like some kind of awareness of like what's going on. You know what I mean? Just in case somebody got in the house, I got to see it coming. I can't, I can't do the math. I say it's same, man. I have that paranoia. Like, what, what was that? You know, did I hear something downstairs? Like, I'm going to be able to do anything anyway. But you know, what I mean? I know. You, you, you want to be able to just to react, and you're not. I would, I would try and like hurry and get up, and I have the mask on, and I end up like, you know, cracking my head open, falling into something. Well, I got two bat. I got two bats under my side of the bed. I got a 36 ounce and a 34 ounce on yes. my side. I'm cranking up. I'm cranking up like Meryl from the movie Signs. I'm cranking up. Swing <laughs> away, gun. That's a great scene. Swing away, yeah. D-Gun. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm going down swinging, brother. I ain't going to lie to you. We talked about that. That's that's a great movie. I don't know if that gets enough love signs. I, it, was, it was a really good movie. It's a great um, line. From... Go ahead. What is it? No, I'm just saying that's a great line. It's probably one of the, the most underrated great lines in a movie ever. Swing away, Meryl. Huh? Swing yes. away. He yes. looks up at the wall. Oh, yeah. Bah! So Adam Took says, Adam says yeah. play babbling brook on your Alexa. And uh, yeah, Gator Gator says he fell asleep to uh, ocean sounds and had nightmares about drowning. There you go. Uh, there's yeah. optimism. But yeah, so that's a lot of people saying the masks help. Okay, I'm look, I'm game. I'm game for whatever it is. I've I've always been like that. I've never been a great. Uh, when I was a kid, I could sleep late. Like I could sleep till like noon, man. Yeah, college yeah. and high school yep. and all that. Not anymore. And then you grew anymore. up. You have responsibilities now. Yeah, adulting See, so I much can't, fun. I can't, 
I cannot have an Alexa or Google in my room because we got them in other parts of the house. And those things just start talking all by themselves. You know, you're talking to family and stuff, and they just start answering questions. I'm like, if that thing's in my in my room, 36 <laughs> hours waiting for it, slap it right off the table, brother. I can't do yeah, it. There, you know can't what there is? There, as convenient as they are, there's a little bit of a, like, big brother thing where I'm like, dude, I don't want you knowing and hearing everything I'm saying here. You know I, I told mean? you what I heard about that. Well, I will never have one uh, near right. me. I told you what happened. Tell, yeah, um, give me that I told again. You the give story. It for the people who didn't I told hear. You story. Did, yeah. when it, shortly after these things first came out, the Alexa story came out about this couple in their house talking about another couple that were friends of theirs. And Alexa picked up on a name and dialed that couple. And the other couple sitting there listening to their so-called friends talking about them. I don't know how that relationship <laughs> ended up. That's all I need is, is to have this thing call somebody like Rob Ellis. You mean Rob Ellis tried to grandstand me on the show today? Hun, oh my you know God. what? I am never working with Rob Ellis again. I thought he was a friend. I'm never working yeah. with that man again. Can you imagine if that happened to me? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> and that can you imagine like the the, the paranoia that that would create? Not, not that you don't you don't have it already, but I mean, my God, what that would do to you? You be every time you open your mouth around even a laptop that wasn't even an Dude. Alexa or your phone or whatever, you just be like, uh, what am I? What am I doing here? Dude, I'm so afraid of all this technology stuff. I mean, think about it. You're on your phone. You're looking up stuff on your phone. Next thing you know, you're getting emails from companies about a product you were looking at. The the algorithm like, thing. You, I know it's the worst. I mean, are you serious? So what makes you think? What makes you think that I want one of these things following me around? Hey, even my phone and my watch start talking all of a sudden by itself. Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. this is too bizarre now. I can't deal well, with that. And, and it translates to all. And, and again, I don't pretend to know all the ins and the outs of this, right? But you know, you right. order something online, and all of a sudden, you're getting advertising for it on Facebook, or you, or you, you know, whatever. I mean, or vice versa. It's like that's a little bit much, man. I, you know, it's that's the other part where you, you were talking about this earlier. Like, you can't even escape in your own house without technology, something to be able to track you down. Yes. Same thing yes. with that. Same thing with that, man. They're all over you. That's for sure. Well, Kevin Savard, um, D-Gun crabbing about Barrett out golf. No, I'm not. You know, no, you want more power than Barrett. I give Barrett kudos, man. Barrett does a lot of charity things. You know, that's kudos to Barrett. You know, he does. I, I, you know, I just, by know, this just point, don't know where he is half the time. Well, the only issue by this point is he should be a great golfer by now, as much as he's playing. Correct? I mean, he should be really good no, with as much as he no, plays. No. no, I know Barrett, he's not. Barrett, I'm saying he should be. He's out He's out there socializing. That's what he's doing. Yeah, you're right. He's not real. He's not real dialed in on the on the actual golf part. He's more shaking hands, kissing babies guy. That's what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. Now I hear you. Um, all right. So I wanted to hit you with a couple of these things, Derek. Um, yes, sir. With the with the Phillies win yesterday. So we mentioned Phillies bullpen is the, they retired at one point thirty four consecutive hitters, which is in and of itself great. So the last twelve games for the Phillies. Uh, oh wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Not, I'm, I'm sorry not to cut you off. Uh, Kevin just wanted to clarify. He said, D-Gun, no, I mean you would crab and the stupid phone would call and tell him. You're, okay, I'll get you now. Uh, I see what you're saying there. All right, all right my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rob. I didn't mean to cut no, you off. Go enough. ahead. Go ahead, no, no, my so, brother. Continue. Uh, all right, so Philly's bullpen, just to your point, what you were talking about earlier. Last 12 games, 2.89 yeah. ERA, a 0. 0.94 whip, and a 1.64 batting average against over. That's 12 games. That's pretty significant. That's not one series. You know, that that's a that's a pretty good stretch. As you mentioned, re, uh, retired 34 consecutive hitters. They've really figured this thing out, Derek, it seems like as of right now. Yes. 
Yes. Um, and, yes. you, you know, I think it's one of the things what, – what, what, give Thompson credit, Derek. So he pulled Knable out of the closer spot, put him in these non-leverage situations, and even he's pitched well lately. So, yes. uh, you know, yes. it, it, did, it took a couple minor tweaks, but these guys also seem to be, to be improving here. So that's huge. Nick Nelson, three and a third yesterday. Knable, speaking of Knable, yes. one base runner in his last three outings. That's it. He's only allowed one base runner last three times that he's pitched. So the Phillies bullpen has done the job. The starters have done a nice job too. And the question is now, can they get enough offense? Can Castellanos, can Real Muto, can those guys up their game mm. to carry the weight? And here's what else you can't have happen. You can't have Hoskins fall off the uh, the map. He can't fall off the face of the earth like he does. He's hot or he's freezing. There's got to be a happy medium for Hoskins too. Let me let me ask you this: Have we been able to rely on Real Muto up to this point at the plate? No. Castellanos. No. There's no reason for me to believe it's going to change. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but here's I'm what sorry. I'm saying. You're right this year. You're right. However, right. right. The two, in particular, Castellanos at the plate has yes. been a really good hitter in his career. Yes. He had, we haven't seen it this year, but he's been a really good hitter in his career. Real Muto has been certainly better than this. So do they get up to their, their sort of median or where they usually are is the big question here. You're not feeling it. I get it. No, I get it. No, no. I, I, you know, I, I've got to see it to believe it. I'm sorry. I think it's going to be sporadic the way it's been up to this point. You get a little of this, maybe this game. You might get a little of this, this game. I don't know for whatever reason. You know, it happens with baseball players. It just happens. You get that one year where your whole game is off, you know, and you you, you, you might pick it up for a short period of time, but you're not going to get the production you were hoping to get when you've seen the numbers from other places they've been. And I just think those two fall in that category for this year. Yeah. Hey, one of my – I have a very good source that just told me we have a guest coming up at uh, 2 o'clock today. Yes. Do you uh, think wait, this is, wait, is wait. it a reliable source? Yes, it is. I just confirmed. Yes, it is a reliable source. Hopefully, he, this person is out running errands. So hopefully, it's not. You know, we've had guests on out running errands, and all of a sudden, the signals in and out. Uh, my wife, my wife wants to clarify. I have all to right. take Benadryl to sleep. Does my husband know me? Uh oh, uh oh, you're in trouble. Uh, yeah, she does. She does. Okay. But still, you know, she can fall asleep in the car. What? I mean, she okay. She does take Benadryl once she has the Benadryl, she's out. Yeah, no, because she wakes up periodically as well. And it's like, who are you? I mean, it's like, okay. what in the world? You know, she could be dead tired. Um, hey, what does it say, Mr. Taz D Gun? Make this steak yet? No, not yet, bro. I'm working on it. My wife's still bugging. No, I, I, I got a, I got an appeasal because uh, she's been bugging me about, about, about smash burgers. So this okay. Saturday, this past Saturday, uh, with my niece being here, we broke out the Blackstone Grill, dude. And she brought up a good point. She says, you know, it's been a year since she used the Blackstone. I was like, oh, oh, no. So I did, I did, look, I had the bacon going. Uh, we made the homemade fries. Dude, I had, I, we did we did like, oh, my goodness. We smashed burger like you wouldn't believe on Saturday, dude. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was a great time. Yes. Do we have any, is there any pictures of this? Like, what's going on here? Those are the only pictures I got, man. Oh, okay. Those are not the best. Those are not the best pictures. I thought I took a video of the burgers. That's actually not bad, grilling. though. I'll tell you, those fries look good, man. Yeah, I mean, your cut, burgers obviously look good, but your fries look good. 
Well, we cut, you know, we cut the potatoes up and we got a big deep fryer. So my wife deep fried them, you know, mm. um, and man, everything was perfect, dude. You know, that meal right there, you go to, killing you, go to you go to five guys, that meal, just a burger and fries. You're looking like 15 bucks, 18 yeah. bucks just for dang burgers and fries. What I, happened to the day when you can get, a, you know, you can get a Big Mac and the fries for like three ninety nine? What the heck yeah. happened? I hear you. Listen, I hear Jeez. you. Man. It's not, uh, it isn't cheap. That's for sure. It is not cheap. Man. All right, so it uh, looks like it's going to be Jason Avant at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yep, I've been hounding him forever. And, uh, you know, I told Jason when I hit him up today, I said, dude, I thought I texted him yesterday and I didn't. I said, yes, Jason, last minute D-gun again. Um, I apologize. I said, but what are you doing at 2 o'clock today? He said, I'm not near a computer. Uh, I said, dude, you can use your phone, you know. So he said he's going to join us at 2 o'clock, talk some footballs and about, you know, he's a business uh, like a trampoline party. He's a couple of them, one in Delaware, one that. in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. they were doing well. So I want to ask him, how, how bad did he get hit during COVID? You know, when everything cool. was shut down, man. Yeah, well, so. I, I don't mean the COVID part's cool. I mean, it's cool yeah. that he's doing that. I, I think that's a well, really cool. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tell him you said he was, it was cool that he was shut down during COVID. That's what I'm going to tell him. <laughs> you know, me being the instigator can... that I am. I wonder, I wonder, uh, we, we, to get the three of us out there, maybe we do, uh, do a show out there. We go hang out with them. That could be kind of Look. funny. Adam exploits. Adam's exploits. At least you know not to put charcoal on the gas grill, D guy. Watch it. Watch it, Adam. Watch it, Adam. That Don't is make one me come of over the here. best stories I've ever heard in my life. I'll stop this car right now and we'll we'll, we'll uh, discuss. Yeah, that was that's that true. It was a awesome true story. story. It was a true story. Yeah, a, a gas grill. I put uh, charcoal on it. Yes, that is correct. It happened. We that was exposed on Dude. Friday. Dude, I know. Was, I know. I told my told my wife that story. She's dying laughing. Dude, that's one of the best stories I've ever heard in my life. Oh, my, oh my God. goodness. All right. So we come back. Mike Sealski from the Philadelphia Inquirer is going to join us. Uh, and we'll hit with Mike everything, you name it, uh, across the board between the Phillies, the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, who Mike's always got a strong opinion about. We'll hit Mike with everything when we get back. Don't go anywhere. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's D Gun. I am Rob Ellis. All right. Uh, knowing who to trust with your finances can be a really scary proposition. And I'm look right there in the front of the line. I'm guilty. I, I, I for years, I didn't have the right person, but I can tell you from first personal experience that someone I trust and I found the right person and it's Jim Murray with principal financial group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business and you need help with setting up your employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I had situations where I had left certain jobs. I had a 401k there. I didn't really know what to do with it. And he kind of walked me through the steps here, man. We're going to roll this thing over into an IRA. Or we're going to just help you set up in your new job with your 401k. And Jim is amazing with that, explaining it to you, even if you're not an expert in finance. I couldn't be happier to have him as my guy. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751, or you can email him at Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com. That's Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at Principal.com.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports Take on this Monday. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett on assignment on the golf course where he uh, you can usually find him when he's on assignment. And our next guest does an amazing job. I love ah, yes. to jump around. What's that, Derek? No, I said, ah, yes, there he is. Oh, there he is. What a handsome fella. Mike Sealski. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Sealski, and, of course, Inquirer.com, and the author of the Rise, Kobe Bryant in the Pursuit of Immortality, which has been out in the bookstores since uh, since January. What's happening, Mike? Uh, listen, guys, right off the top, um, I saw Top Gun Maverick yesterday with my family. So, yeah. so from now on, I would really like you guys to refer to me as Dagger One. If Dagger One. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Actually, I'd like that handle for you. We need the leather bomber jacket too, Mike. While you're while, any, and any, and, any, and how Faltermeyer music when I come on, da, na, 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 it's, it'd be great. Any future so Mike, that so, you do yeah. will be accompanied by that music. Okay, good. All right. How, how'd you like the mu- the movie? D- Gunner, it was great. Yeah. I, I was it. I welled up multiple times. It was nostalgic. It was action packed. Um, I thought it was you awesome. Will, yeah. I can't wait to go back and see it. I completely agree. It hit every box, Mike. So it hit. It did enough to honor the original and kind of get you up to speed on what was happening. It did enough to make it original on its own now. And the action, especially in a movie theater, was ridiculous. I thought it was awesome. The flying scenes were incredible. 
I took my 11 and almost eight year old sons to see it and they had not seen the original. Um, and they love this one. They're talking about it all day today. Um, just a totally great entertainment experience. See, Derek, I told you, you guys doubted me when I say it to them. Mike, see, they're just like, Oh, whatever. Man. <laughs> Mike says it. He's, he's all in. Now. Well, see, well, see, I saw the original a couple of times and I came away. Okay, nice movie, but it's not a movie that would be on my top 20 list of movies to watch. So I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this remake, you two guys, as well as other people I know. But I'm still at a point where my mind is saying, I'm going to wait until it's streamed. I'm not, I'm not going to movie theater. No, no Gunnar, you you got to see it on the big screen. Really? Um, yes. And it is, without giving anything away, because I think there's yes. a really big plot point that some people aren't getting. Yes. Um, yeah. It's much deeper than the original. Okay. I'll just leave okay. it at that. Well said. If uh, Mike says it, I agree. I believe it. Last thing I'll say, sort of on that point, without giving too much away, they do a brilliant job of honoring somebody uh, who is integral to the first movie as well. Okay. Yes. In, okay. in a unique way. Yep. That's okay. done out of necessity. Leave it at that. Yep. But yes. Two thumbs up. Uh, so, Mike, we, we a lot to dig in. Speaking of thumb, not in a good way. <laughs> one thumbs down and one up and one in a cast at this point. But Bryce Harper. Wow. What a segue that was. Uh, <laughs> well done. Bryce Harper. Yeah, totally intended that. Uh, Bryce Harper <laughs> Saturday. We all saw it. We all know what went down. Um, and we don't know yet. Hopefully we're going to get word soon with the further testing and whatnot. Are you in the camp of look, let's be real about this. You lose this kind of guy to this team and it's over, or we've seen this kind of thing similarly before, especially in Philadelphia and the teams have been able to stay afloat and in some cases really achieve where, where are you at with the uh, Harper injury in the Phillies? I'm probably a little bit more Rob on the, Oh boy, this is really bad mm-hmm. um, because their entire formula for winning ball games was predicated on them mashing the ball every single day and nobody mashes the ball better not only in that lineup but basically in the entire national league than bryce harper Mm -hmm. so to take him out of the lineup is a huge huge blow now look the bullpen's been pitching better surprisingly Mm -hmm. obviously uh of late um and the starting pitching has has been pretty good i think fairly Mm -hmm. solid with you know kyle gibson obviously was not good in his last start but i think you know, Ranger Suarez will come around a little bit. You know, the top three are pretty solid in the rotation. But, you know, I just – i they're going to stay in it because the nature of baseball has changed and it's really mm-hmm. hard to be out of the playoff race completely. But, man, losing Harper for, mm-hmm. for really any length of time uh, is really going to be damaging. And, you know, I've, I've seen it written in some places like drawing the parallel between Harper's injury this year and Chase Utley – you know, suffering that injury in 2007 when he got hit mm-hmm. by a pitch. And Pat Gillick immediately went out and, um, you know, traded for, uh, you know. So Taguchi. So Taguchi. And, you know, they were able to kind of hold the fort until Utley came back. I think that team was much stronger up and yeah. down, you know, from a pitching standpoint, a defense standpoint than this team is. And, you know, I just, I would be concerned if I were a Phillies fan. So Mike, so Mike, now that you said that, if you were one of the power brokers behind closed doors in the Phillies organization, and now you have to make some kind of decision, how would you go about? What's your game plan strategy of going going about the task of trying to replace Harper? Because we still don't know if it's a short term or if it's season ending. 
Yeah, I'm not sure what move they could make right now, Gunner. Um, yeah. You know, I think some of this is just you got to hope Nick Castellanos hits. You know, you got to hope Kyle Schwarber continues to hit home runs and maybe even at a greater yeah. pace than he did before and that Reese Hoskins gets into one of his hot streaks. I mean, they've spent so much money and invested so much capital in these hitters in the lineup that, sure. you know, at this point you just kind of got to be like, they got to hit. You know, the other guys have to pick up the slack here. I mean, they've been able to go overcome the fact that Castellanos has had a subpar season so far. Um, you got to hope that he gets hot. You got to hope that Hoskin gets hot. And if a deal yep. presents itself that can help you in the short term, maybe you take a swing at it. But otherwise, you just try to ride this out as best you can, I think. Ooh. Mike, let me ask you, and then I, I want to hop around a little bit to, to the varying sports. But, you know, we a lot of times when a coach is fired or a player gets hurt for that matter, you, you see the team rally. And, you know, for a little short, sustained period of time, there's an uptick or they hang in there and whatnot. You know, we're almost out of June now, which is crazy how fast the month has gone. And the Phillies are 17 and six under Rob Thompson. Is, is there more to this than just, Hey, you know, let's put it together here. We feel bad. The other guy got fired and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Was there, was there more going on than met the eye with Girardi and what Thompson's doing? Speaking just for myself, Rob, I'm an atmosphere guy when it comes to coaches and managers, um, particularly with respect to baseball. And I do think that the fact that Thompson has a different personality than Joe Girardi, that he goes about the day-to-day by all indications in a, in a slightly more hands-off, less tense way than Girardi d- did, uh, makes a difference. I think those things matter. I think, you know, you look at the, the, the last and best era that the Phillies had going back to 07 to, you know, t- through 2011 and even a little bit before that, uh, Charlie Manuel was the perfect manager for that group, not just because it was really talented, but because it had as its leadership core guys like Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Pat Burrell, who came to the ballpark every, every day ready to work. And so as long as Charlie kind of kept things simple and said, hey, you show up on time, you play hard and we're all good, you know, that team could thrive. And you know, as kind of the other side of that coin, you see what happened with Larry Boa before that, where a veteran-laden team really didn't perform as well as it probably should have under his kind of withering day-to-day, you know, intensity. Um, it just it wasn't the right kind of fit. And I think maybe Thompson's demeanor uh, is the right kind of fit for this group that, you know, whether it was a shock to their system that Girardi got fired or you know, a combination of that and Thompson kind of, you know, just letting everybody take a breath a little bit. Um, I think there is something to this. Interesting. Interesting. It, it amazes me how the complexion of this team just did a complete turnaround from Girardi to Rob Thompson. And, you know, a lot of people saying Girardi was at fault for the, for the team's struggles. I, I'm of the belief that, when you're paid to play, no matter who you play for, or, or you know, you're getting paid a lot of money to play the game at the highest level. You're one of the chosen few. I, I don't know, Mike, you, you, if you can change my opinion, I just thought it was a stroke of luck that they made that change at, the, at that time. And all of a sudden this team just took off because we kept talking all season long. We expected this lineup to hit. This is a lineup of big boppers. We expected them to hit. And it's, I, I just think it's ironic that, you know, you made that, you made that move and all of a sudden, boom, they just took off from there. I would say this, Gunner. I would say that yeah. Girardi was a, was a problem. He was not the problem. And okay. and the analogy I would use is, look, you know, the three of us have all had varying jobs in yeah. sports media in varying roles. 
we've all worked for different bosses yep. who we liked or didn't like. And it, it didn't mean, depending on who our boss was, that we didn't give full effort and we didn't try to earn our money in doing the job to the best of our ability. But the fact is that certain bosses created certain environments that allowed yep. us to flourish in ways that other bosses didn't. And I think there's something to be said for that, particularly in a sport like baseball, where it's day to day, it's 162 games. It is not, you know, it's, it's just kind of different. The environment is different. Um, you know, Tommy Lasorda used to say managing is like trying to hold a bird in your hands. Mm. You, you don't want to hold it so tightly that you crush it and you don't want to hold it so loosely that it flies away. Mm. And I kind of buy into that apart from strategy. I'm not talking about, you know, and especially now that the designated hitters in the national league, there's very little strategy that a manager has to account for and decision-making has to do anyway. But mm -hmm. I'm talking about just creating that environment that allows a particular group of athletes to flourish. I think Thompson is probably getting closer to that than Girardi did. Well, How do you remember these quotes, man? I That's mean, why I he's dagger one. Okay? You, you <laughs> like, don't get that handle like, just you, you, you out of nowhere. Yeah. What do you come, come up? How do you how do you do that, man? I, I can I feel barely the need, remember my name. The need for speed. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Mike. Let's look at the Sixers here. Um, you know, I I don't know if it was the home run that some people thought they were going to be able to to pull off on on draft night. I don't know where they were pulling the home run from, but they make a move to improve themselves, certainly from a bench perspective with Melton. But bigger picture here, as we work our way forward, this is a team with some limitations cap wise that has a lot of needs that appears to be, you know, middling's not fair, but, but a team that can win 50 games, but probably can't get out of the second round, at least as they're presently situated with a huge decision looming on Harden. But let's start with kind of where things are right now with this team and, you know, where they're headed this off season. Yeah. I mean, I think you put your finger on it, Rob, unless you see some kind of um, quantum leap and improvement from guys like Matisse Thibel and some of these bench guys who have been around for a while, you know, I don't see them having the up and down kind of roster strength and balance that it seems like you no. kind of need in today's NBA, right? It used to be that NBA teams were star hunting, right? That was the quote Brett Brown used, you mm -hmm. know, we, we've got Joel Embiid, we've got all these, you know, high draft picks, we're going to use them. Well, the Celtics did something, you know, but in getting to the finals where, yeah, they used some of those high, they had high draft picks and they got guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown who weren't presumed at the time to be transformative kind of guys. But you accumulate enough just really solid, good players, and you can, you can be a productive, excellent team and come close to winning a championship, if not win one, if not for Steph Curry. So, um, you know, I'm looking at this now and I'm saying, okay, you've got Joel Embiid, who's 28 and is prone to catastrophic injuries every year. You've got James Harden, who's 32 and whose most electrifying nights nowadays take place away from the court and not on the court. <laughs> so what do you do with that? And unless you can move Tobias Harris for multiple pieces or move him in a way that allows you to add multiple pieces, not just a guy like a PJ Tucker, but a PJ mm -hmm. Tucker and somebody else, and maybe even somebody else. Um, I think you're, you're in a similar spot to where the Phillies are and that you're just kind of going to have to wait and see if something develops or changes on its own. My colleague Marcus Hayes wrote the other day that maybe continuity is the best cure for what ails the Sixers. Um, boy, I don't know. I mean, do you, do you have the time to wait on Matisse Thibel to develop a jump shot when your superstars, as I mentioned, are where they are in the stages of their careers that they're at? I'm not sure you do. Um, they're, they're in a tough spot. Mm. Well, let me follow Mark, up I, on that. 
Oh, go yeah. ahead, go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. I, I just think I know people. I know people want drastic changes with this team, um, but I just think, and I've said this time and time again on this show, I think we're going to look at basically the same nucleus minus a piece here or there that we just went through, and this team is going to be another first or second round exit team because they're cash strapped. I don't think they can do anything of any significance. I don't think anybody's going to give you what you want. And I agree with you. If you could move, uh, uh, um, you know, if you get Harris and get multiple pieces, I'm not taking just one player for Harris because that defeats the purpose of moving them. I don't think anybody out there is going to give you multiple pieces of significance for, you know, Harris. And I just think we're looking at the same team that's going to make an early exit next year as well in the playoffs. I'm trying not to be pessimistic, but I'm being a realist. Yeah, Gunner, I think you make a great point, and I think it's indicative of the problems that the franchise encountered in the period immediately after Sam Hankey and before Daryl Morey yep. showed up. Yep. You know, a guy like Thibel is not supposed to be a player who you're looking to move at yes. this stage. You know, th they go out and get, you know, DeAnthony Melton from the Grizzlies, who by all appearances and all accounts is a perfect fit for what they need. The problem is that they need him in the first place. Because the player he is, is the player that Thibel should have been yes. or could have been, yep. or the player that Mikhail Bridges has been for the last year and a half or two years. And you had him and you traded him away. So, you know, I, I give Maury a little bit of leeway here because he's still to a great degree kind of cleaning up the mess that was left, you know, mm. in his lap when he got here. And that mess was created after Hinky was here and it accumulated all those assets. I mean, you look at when Hinky walked away, you would say to yourself, it's almost impossible for the Sixers to mess this up. Just, you know, a, an astute executive can be able to move some of these pieces for, you know, better pieces, even if a guy like a Nerlens Noel or a Jaleel Okafor doesn't turn out to be the player the Sixers hoped he would be. If, if an executive is smart, you can parlay those resources into something better and they just threw it all away. Like, it's crazy. Mm. If you whittle it down, it's really just Embiid. I mean, Noel didn't work out. Okafor was a nope. raging bust. Fultz didn't work out. You got virtually nothing. You gave him away. And now Ben Simmons. And I understand Harden's here as a result. But really, with, with what you had and what you went through to get all of those resources, and have all that money, by the way, to be able to sign free agents, there's so little. This was screwed up so miserably on a million different levels by everybody from Hanky to Colangelo to, to Elton Brand to, Elton, to Brett Brown when he was in charge for five minutes, you know, across the board. It's it's remarkable how bad they screwed this up. Yeah, I always go back, Rob, to the example of LeBron James in Cleveland the first time around and even the second time around when he won the ended up winning the championship there, you know. Drafting LeBron James didn't make the Cleveland Cavaliers front office and ownership group and power structure any smarter or more astute about building a team, right? They just, they had LeBron James and whatever supporting pieces you put around him, you were going to be really good. But how many LeBron James are out there, right? right? There's only Once one, in really. Once, yeah. in Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. And so I feel like the Sixers sort of kind of did the same thing. There, there wasn't this kind of philosophy or vision of this is the kind of organization we want to be. This is the kind of player we're looking for. You know, the San Antonio Spurs had that to a large degree when, when Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker were there. I think, you know, the Celtics have had it over the last several years, even though they haven't won a championship, they know what they're looking for. Uh, and they know what kind of club they want to be the Miami heater that way. Mm. Um, and you know, the Sixers just aren't 
They, they mm-hmm. didn't know what they were looking for. Um, they didn't know how to build around Embiid and how to have, kind of have this long-term balancing of the long-term and the short-term. Um, it's really kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. I look at a team like Miami. Uh, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. And when I hear they have eight players on their roster that weren't drafted, and yet they were one of the best teams in the NBA, I'm thinking, how does a, set, a team like the 76ers with so much draft capital through the recent years blow this thing so badly. And I think it comes down to maybe you need wholesale changes in, in, in terms of the people who are evaluating this talent, plain and simple. Yeah, but think about it, Gunner. I mean, they've, think of, they've made changes over the years. I mean, they've cycled through Hinky, Brian Colangelo. Yes. You know, yes. they, they had the year they didn't have a GM because Colangelo's burner accounts left them without one, you know, and then they've had, and then they had Elton Brand and now Daryl Morey. I mean, the, the, the franchise has been through so much and put itself through so much um, that, you know, yeah. Do they need to scout better? Absolutely. Do they need to mine talent better? Absolutely. But it's not like they haven't made changes. Some of them, you know, a lot of them out of necessity. Words you never thought you'd be saying in your in your sports writing career. Yeah, but the Colangelo burner account forced them to have Brett Brown taking things. Like this is I, just I get a- the shakes just mentioning that again, right? I, I, I really I, do. I, it's, visions of big know? collars dancing oh. in my head. I, I mean, it's all there. Um, all right. So one of the things though, you're right, a lot of this was sort of laid at the at the feet of, of Daryl Morey, but one that isn't is James Harden. And there's a real decision that's got to be made here, Mike. I, look, there's no decision on he can opt in if he wants. But what do you do beyond that with him? And a lot of what we're hearing in the other night in that weird 1.30 a.m. press conference where he couldn't talk about anything, he, he, he uses the word mutual love fest between James and, and, and the organization, uh, which to me, I mean, a lot of leverage there from a Sixer standpoint when you're saying it's a mutual love fest. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah. I, 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 this is, a, to me, it's got disaster written all over it. This guy's going to opt in and you're probably going to give him like, you know, in the neighborhood of 50 million a year on top of it for at least two years, Mike. I think it's an awful idea where do you stand well two years would be better than five true um i think anything that gets that gets them away from giving him a max long-term deal you got to take it as a victory right because if you give james harden a max contract over a five-year period as soon as he puts ink to paper it is the worst contract in the nba you know that yep. that's it. Unless unless the Lakers manage to give Kyrie Irving a five year deal, in which case we're going to get to well, Kyrie. You tweeted yeah. about Kyrie, and it's <laughs> a little 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 stir there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I just this is the bed that they've made, and this was my concern with getting Harden in the first place. You know, to a degree, Maury did his job, and he kind of put it in the lap of Doc Rivers to kind of extract as much as he could out of James Harden. And I think at some level, Maury and Rivers have to work on Harden, and Harden is going to have to be amenable to the idea of him being a point guard, right? A a pure out-and-out, we don't need you to score 30. We need you to help everybody else get theirs and then some. Um, And maybe that works, you know, that's how you maximize James Harden at this stage of his career. In terms of a contract, if they can get away with two years or whatever they got to pay him over those two years, I take that as a victory, Rob, because – um, anything longer than that, and boy, it becomes heaviest albatross in the NBA. Yeah, uh, Mike, Mike, I want to ask you about the, the Flyers hire for a head coach. Uh, you like it? You don't like it because this guy's, you know, he's had success in the NHL, but he also, it, it, there's no gray area with him. He, he, you either like him or you don't. He's either hot or he's cold. But as I said on this show recently, maybe that's what they need. They need somebody to get in these players' faces to get their attention. 
they need somebody to hurt some feelings to get these guys to play at a different level than what we just had to endure this past season. Yeah, well, I, Gunner, I covered John Tortorella for a couple of years when I was working in New York. And okay. um, he's an excellent coach. Um, he can wear out his welcome. That's what happened with the Rangers. I, I covered him uh, from 2011 to 2013. And in 2012, they were one of the two or three best teams in the NHL. They were tough. They were solid defensively. They sacrificed scoring so that they could play great, tenacious defense. But by the end of his tenure, 2013, he had worn out his welcome. He wasn't censoring himself when he spoke about players in public. He was benching guys that he probably shouldn't have benched. Um, and it was time. I think with respect to the Flyers, I think he's a good hire for this reason. You need to find out if you're the Flyers, who the young guys on this roster, and even some of the guys who have been here a while, you need to keep. And you, you need mm. to separate the wheat from the chaff here. And if mm. Torts can do anything, his demeanor and his approach does that. And I feel like, you know, there are going to be a few guys and the Flyers should take a step back and look and say, okay, well, if this kid can survive the Torts experience, um, then maybe he's worth keeping around. Maybe we have something here. My feeling is by the time the Flyers get good, if they get good, assuming they get good, John Tortorella yeah. is not going to be the coach anymore. Um, it's going to be somebody else. I, I keep banging this drum and I wish more Flyers fans would listen to me. And I think they and the organization finally are, this is going to take a long time. Okay. Yeah. The Colorado avalanche won the Stanley cup last night with a team stocked full of top 10 picks. Six yep. of their eight leading scores this season were top 10 NHL picks, four of them taken by the avalanche. Okay. To get those picks, to get those players, the Avalanche had to go through an 11-year period where they made the playoffs three times. Mm. People in the NHL don't like to talk about this, but in order to be really, really good in the salary cap area era, you've got to be really, really bad for a while. The Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins had to be bad to get Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Marc-Andre Fleury. Chicago Blackhawks had to be bad to build their mini-dynasty. Same thing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Flyers have kind of refused to go through that. They've been not quite bad enough. Well, they were pretty bad this past season, and they may have to endure a few more years of that to, to get the opportunity to draft the kind of talent that they're going to need to rebuild this thing. Mike, that mm. said, uh, you know, Fletcher, uh, I'm sorry about the front office here, but Fletcher's still here. They don't appear to be willing to really tear this down. It feels like they're trying to do this on the fly. And, and maybe this, some of this is just verbiage that they're using or whatever, but it doesn't look to me like the an acceptance of their fate of what they should do with what you just laid out. Do you get that sense that they're willing to do that? I get the sense that that's being talked about in the organization based on who I speak with. Um, whether they're going to actually follow through on that, I don't know. Um, you know, Dave Scott and running, you know, is the chairman of Comcast Spectacle right now. He has some people who he's listening to in Bill Barber and Bob Clark who are the old time kind of flyers guys. And I think it's going to be really hard for those kind of guys to say, well, you got to break it all down to build it back up again. Um, not even Ron Hextall really wanted to do that. Um, even though in the main, he had it right as this is going to take a long time. I don't think he was, you know, it's kind of like Sean Connery and the untouchables talking to, to Kevin yeah, Costner, yeah. you know, are you willing to do what is necessary? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure the yeah. flyers are. Um, and that would concern me. Yeah. Well, why, why right, do you so think that is? Why do you think they're, they're so hard-headed and stubborn about changing their ways? Uh, I think they're missing playoff revenue, and they don't want to admit that there aren't going to be playoffs, um, and they want to keep people interested. I think they're underestimating the degree to which the fan base is ready for some honesty. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's the stereotype of a Flyer fan as being conditioned that the team is always going to go for it. And, so, and many, many fans of the team are still that way because they're used to yeah. what happened under Ed Snyder when there was no salary cap and all it took to stay competitive was whatever your owner was willing to spend and whatever trades you were willing to make. Well, that mm. world doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, they have to reconcile themselves to the fact that this is a new way of doing things in the NHL since the cap came in in 2005 and they have floundered since it came in. Um, but I think they are reluctant to admit that to their paying public. Mike, last one from me here before we get you out of here. Um, we're now a m- little less than a month away from training camp. What should the expectation be for this team? They made the playoffs last year. They got better. Second-year coach. Quarterback in his second year as a full-time starter. A lot of moves in the offseason. A lot of areas addressed. What should the expectation be for the Eagles? I think 11 or 12 victories out of a 17 game season. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything revolutionary here. You guys already know what I'm about to say comes down to the quarterback. You know, they, they made enough moves and improved themselves enough on paper that it really should come down to whether Jalen hurts can perform at a level that allows them to compete for a super bowl. Um, you know, they have enough depth on the offensive line, you know, in years past, I would have been worried that if a Jason Kelsey or Elaine Johnson went down for any prolonged period of time, that that would really be debilitating. And I'm not suggesting that, that the Eagles could lose those guys or they're not valuable and everything will be okay, but they're, they're pretty well girded against that. If they were to have a major injury to an offensive lineman, they've got enough depth there that they should be okay. Um, it comes down to Hurts. You know, I think Sirianni's a, a decent coach. I thought he improved over the course of last season and you know, showed that he was willing to adapt to the fact that they really couldn't throw the ball and didn't want to throw the ball. Um, well, I shouldn't say that they wanted to throw the ball. They didn't feel comfortable enough to do it as often as they would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's on Jalen hurts to make certain that they can this year. And, you know, if he can, like I said, 11, 12, maybe 13 victories given their schedule and some fairly high expectations. Fair okay. Enough. So who's Gunner? the pressure on more? Is it Sirianni? Is it hurts? Is it Gannon? Ooh. I think there's a lot of pressure on Gannon, uh, Gunner. I agree with you there uh, to yeah. show what he can really do because the defense should be better um, with the players they drafted and, you know, Hassan Reddick and Kobe Dean and these guys, you know, they mm-hmm. have more talent on that side of the ball. So she, he should be able to coach it and scheme it in the way that allows it to perform better than it did last season when it was so soft and kind of conservative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think, I think in terms of who's got more pressure, Sirianni or Hertz, I think, in a way, the eye test will tell you, you know, you watch the film and you say, OK, well, gosh, you know, that's a good play call by Sirianni and Shane Steichen. And Hertz doesn't make the right read or can't make the throw or throws behind yeah. the receiver. Um, you know, those sorts of things will out themselves over the course of just watching the games. All right. Dagger one, as usual, a brilliant performance. <laughs> uh, I love it. I you. love it. We will have the special accompanying music from here on out, uh, every appearance that you make, and, and an honorary bomber jacket for you. Just so you guys can be my wingmen anytime. Thank you. Derek is a you, very, he's a goose kind of guy. He is. That's, that's right. right. Or that's rooster. Right, rooster. Rooster. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. That's no right. Let's go back to goose. Now, rooster. Nah, 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 <laughs> you you, you got to yeah. see the movie. You'll know what I'm talking about. Yep. When, All right. Rooster, okay. Uh, right. Mike, great stuff, man. Again, follow Thank my you, at on Twitter and, of course, inquire.com. And get the book, man. It is absolutely awesome. It is awesome. Yes. If you're a Kobe fan, yes. if you're an NBA fan, 
if you're a fan of just, you know, an unbelievable, driven, motivated story, the rise, Kobe Bryant, and the pursuit of immortality. Mike, thanks, man. Appreciate it as always. You guys are the Take best. Care, Thank brother. you so much. Take Thank care. You. That is Mike Sielski. All right, Derek, let's get a quick timeout, and, and we're going to dive into that Eagles question that we talked about. Um, you know, it, when it comes to the, I would say, the big three, if you will. And the big three for this team, Sirianni, Hurts, Gannon. Who do you have the most trust in as we go into the season? Two o'clock, Jason Avant's going to join us. We'll jump into a bunch of things and open talk at the uh, at the end of the show as well. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about Pro Action Restoration, my good friends there. If you're a homeowner, a business owner, you have a, you have a property, whatever the case may be, and you experienced the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever the case may be, and you're not really sure how to go about it, or I want to just plant the seed in your head just in case you want to have this number or this website in case you have to go through it because it is a challenging, difficult experience. ProAction is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist you. I've gone through it myself. They got over to my parents' house in a very quick way on a Saturday. They cleaned up what was a real mess, and the crew was professional, clean. The price was reasonable. It was a great experience. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. Again, it could be water. It could be fire. It could be smoke, mold remediation. If you're not really sure how to handle it or what it is, just give them a call. 610-623-3760-610-623-3760. Or reach out online at ProActionRestoration.com, ProActionRestoration.com. at 11 with rick williams it's the team you trust to bring it all together the stories that impact your community a sports roundup for the locals and the accuweather forecast you depend on action news at 11 with rick williams all right did you know i was the mommy slam dunk champion really <laughs> yes really don't sound so surprised let's see it oh you're ready all right here we go let's hear the crowd <sighs> go to right i go to left thank you mama mama go oh, mama <laughs> She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, Barrett is off today. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, we have Jason Avant coming up at the top of the hour. What's the matter, Derek? I see that that mischievous laugh, that, that, that smile on your face. Did, did you notice that the more we talked to Sealski, the darker my shot here got? Yeah, I didn't so want to. Commercial, in a commercial break, it. our producer, Xander. Hey, D-Gun, what happened to your lighting? So... I'm, I'm relegated to my wife's office again today because we have the 11 month old granddaughter. So when she goes to sleep before we, we, you know, before we had our pre-show meeting, which I missed, I had to put her to sleep upstairs. So obviously I can't do the show upstairs. Mm-hmm. So I came down here and when the sun is, even when it's overcast, you know, the natural lighting is perfect in here. Dude, right. all of a sudden it got dark. It's raining like cats and dogs here now. And it kept getting darker and darker. So I just turned on three different lights and I'm thinking, I hope there's not a back glare off this glass. This is the one reason I didn't want to get the cabinet with glass because I would argue with my wife. You're going to get a back glare. If you put, if you put a lighting in here, it's going to get back glare. She said, no, it won't. So luckily she has one on her desk and another light lamp behind her desk. And I turned the overhead light on. So I guess she was correct. Oh man. It no, pains me to say that. Ugh. It does. Actually, the lighting looks good. I didn't know what, like, I didn't want to say anything as we, we have Mike on to distract from what we were you know, talking to with Mike, but I'm right, like, right. The heck is going on? What the heck is going on there, man? Dude, yeah. it just kept getting dark and dark. I'm walk, watching clouds roll in. Now it's raining. I don't know what it's like where you are, but uh, it's raining like crazy here now. I think I'm and about to get it. It looks like I we're we're about to get crushed here. Yeah. So that's a, that's amazing. I'm getting it in Delaware before you get it. In yeah. Where you yeah. are? Yeah. It's wow. crazy, man. But it's it's let me put it this way: it's dark and windy, which is a sign that we're it's about to come. It, it's we're about to get hit. So. And my yeah, grills are now true. covered. I'm upset now. Uh oh. I yes. can't do the show anymore. You're done. You, you've I'm just checked out at this point. Uh, understandable. All right. So I posed the question to you before we went to break, and I asked you. Right. It's it's a matter of trust. It's an old Billy Joel song. Only only just a matter of trust. But who do you trust more? The head coach Nick Sirianni, the defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who has uh, you know certainly been given um, a lot more weapons than what he had last year. And then, of course, the topic of every Eagles conversation, the, the guy who it seems to always get back to, and that's Jalen Hurts, the quarterback. So of those three, who do you have the most trust in going into this season? I, I think it's a I, – I had a really tough time with this one, but, but I'm curious where you're at. Who do you have the most trust in? Can I say yeah, that none they of will the deliver. above? You can. You can. I can say that. Yeah. I would say if, if you twist my arm – I would say right now it would be Sirianni. Um, I would say even with the limitations he had last year, I thought for the most part he called a decent game. He just had to babysit a quarterback who was trying to find his way. I give him so much credit for looking at the film and realizing we need to go more to a running game to alleviate some of the burden off of our quarterback. 
I wanted to say, I wanted the words Jonathan Gannon to roll off my tongue. And I'm giving, as many people are giving Jonathan Gannon the benefit of the doubt that he didn't have the pieces to do some of the things that he might have wanted to do in 2021. So this year, as long as this team stays healthy, and that, you know how to, you know how it goes in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yep. Staying healthy is a is a huge factor. I'm I'm saying wait and see with Jonathan Gannon because we don't know exactly what he's going to do. You know, Barrett has some great analysis on what he thinks Gannon will do with the personnel. I've given my take. You've given your take, but we don't know. Jalen Hurts, I'm just – it's a gray area with Jalen. I, I don't know how much he improved in the offseason, how much can he improve. Is he a type of quarterback that no matter what he does, he is what he is, which is a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback in the National Football League? Or does he have the skill set that he can improve tremendously – in a second year in, in, in Sirianni's offense um, and, 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 and hold his own. It just blows me away that when you look at most people's comments on social media, they've already formed an opinion of Jalen Hurts. There's no wait and see. Everything you look at on social media is either or. Either he's going to flop or they believe that he's going to take his game to the next level. But most of the comments are more negative than positive when it comes to Jalen Hurts. I'm still in that gray area. I don't know what to expect from this kid. But to, to answer your question again, I would have to say right now, my biggest comfort zone is with Sirianni in terms of playing to the strength of his team, his offense, his personnel uh, to be effective. It, it, but it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not trying to yes. speak for you, but it, it yes. sounds like you don't have a high level of trust in any of the three. You're, you're very much in wait and see mode. Would that be a fair assessment of where you're at? Across the board. And that's why I prefaced it by saying, if you twisted my arm and made me give you an answer, I would say of the three, I would have to say Sirianni right now is the one I'm most comfortable with in terms of being the most effective and efficient. Okay. Well, he, look, here's where I'm at, Derek. My answer, and we haven't discussed this, my answer is also Sirianni, and this is why. Yeah. At least from him, I saw a willingness to make a real philosophical change yes. in the midst of a season, despite wanting to be a throwing team. Let's be real right, about this. Right. He wants to throw, yep. and, and the front office wants him to throw. Jeffrey Lurie believes that's how you win in the NFL. So does Howie Roseman. So don't kid yourself any other way. But he was willing to do what he had to do to win. And that should be the ultimate priority during the time. Yes. Number one yep. on Sirianni. Number two, I also saw veteran players. I don't mean the young guys who have to buy in or guys who are barely on the roster who have to buy in. I yes. mean Jason Kelsey-type dudes buy into him when we were you know, mocking the plant analogy and a lot of the other stuff. Yep. Some of the – you know, where, where he just didn't come off maybe the best in a, in a media setting, which I personally don't care about that much, but whatever. A right. lot of people were coming right. down on it. The vets really backed him, and into a yes. man. We, like we've had a lot yes. of these guys on Derek BG and and, and a lot of yes. a lot of these other guys who said, you know what, man, you know we believe in this guy. We like what this guy's doing for us. That told me a lot about him. That to me shows me that you can trend and continue to trend upward when you yes. have those kind of uh, traits as a coach. He was also willing to turn it over to Shane Steichen and not have such an ego to say, no way, man, I, I'm right. running this. Right. I like all those things about him. Now, 
like don't love. I, I'm I'm I need to see more. I need to see him. There were some things during the game that I didn't love. Uh, but with that's to me that goes with any rookie coach. We're gonna have beef sure. like that. Sure. Um, so I saw a lot of things that I that I took away that were positive last year. Now he's got a lot more talent this year, and there's it, there's not going to be the built-in excuse that this team only won four games the year before. You know, we were starting off at a pretty low bar for him. Yes. Yes. Now it's hey, dude, you were in the playoffs. You won nine games last year, and the front office gave you a lot better players. There's no excuses here. But I would say Sirianni, and the reason I would put him ahead of the other two, I'll start with Gannon. I think you know where I'm at with Gannon. Like, I'm pretty optimistic about Gannon. I don't think he had enough last year. But I didn't see enough either to say, oh, for sure it's Jonathan Gannon by any stretch. In fact, I didn't see anything. And I'm really, like – very much giving him the benefit of the doubt that he did what he did last year because he didn't have enough people. Then you yeah. go to Hertz. You're exactly right about this. Whenever this, this comes up, you're going to get one side who loves him. The other side can't stand him and he's a fraud. And all. you're right. Yeah. It's probably more on the negative side than the positive yeah. side. Yep. Yeah. But I honestly think he, mm-hmm. may, my biggest concern with him isn't that he's going to be some awful quarterback. It's that he's, he tops out at Okay. He tops out at a guy who could probably get you to right, the playoffs, but right. not get you any further. And that's kind of what I what I worry about here. I don't. I think he's got enough going for him where he's he's not going to be some dude who falls backwards. He works too hard not to be better or the same that he was. But the same's not good enough. And you saw a quarterback last year when he went against really good defenses that didn't do much. Just like a defense that when they went against really good right. quarterbacks didn't do much. So. If the question is, who do I trust most right now as we sit here before the season started, it's Nick Sirianni. And it, it's not necessarily yeah. a huge yeah. knock at the other two, but I got more out of him last year than I got out of the other two. See, I'm hoping that Jalen Hurts proves all the doubters wrong, including myself, uh, because I'm not sold on him. I'm not I'm not negative on him, but I'm not just sold on him yet. And that's yeah. why I, I emphasize saying I'm in a gray area with Jalen Hurts. And I hope he proves all the doubters wrong for his sake and more importantly, for the sake of the organization. But uh, we just don't know. We've seen a lot of mediocre quarterbacks have long careers in the National Football League. Never won anything. Uh, some of them were great managers of games, but just couldn't get this, their teams to the mountaintop. Um, you know, and I hope Jalen Hurst does not fall in that category. But, you know, from what I've seen, and again, everything is based on what we've seen of him. I don't know where his game can go. I don't know how high he can take his game. You can work with the best of the best in terms of grooming players and looking at your flaws and and getting you to correct certain things, but the mechanics just don't add up in terms of elevating your game to that next level. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't do that. It's just I'm a wait and see with Jalen Hurts. With Sirianni, who pulls all the strings, he has his playbook. You know, that's what he sold the Eagles organization on, and they decided to hire him over other candidates as well. They they loved his offensive philosophy. Um, they they loved what he brings to the table. You're exactly right. He he uh, he wants to pass the ball, and I think that was the biggest seller for Jeffrey Lurie. When Lurie looked at his passing scheme and what he w- might be capable of doing if he had the right pieces in place. So now you have those pieces in place to elevate your passing game. But can the quarterback deliver the goods? I don't know at this point. And we won't know. We're going to sit here. I don't think we can give a fair assessment until we get at least, like I said before, a couple of weeks on this show, until we get four to six games into the season. Because you're going to see a variety of different 
teams are going to play. They're going to play what on paper looks like a weak sister in Detroit. But yet Detroit, as I've said time and time again, they have a lot of talent. Don't be fooled by Detroit. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to play some of the better teams. You're going to play some of the some of the so-called automatic playoff contenders in, in a few weeks later. So until we get a nice variety of, of Jalen Hurts going up against these different teams, we cannot sit here and fairly assess what we're seeing until he's gone through at least four to six of those games. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And look, you know, the, for the franchise, if Hurts can play, they can set themselves up, for Derek, for yes. years and years to yes. come. Yeah, yes. two first rounders next year. They they appear yeah. to have some pretty good young talent right now. I mean, you have a couple guys who you're going to filter out eventually: Fletcher Cox, uh, Hargrave, maybe Brandon Graham, uh, uh, Kelsey, you, you know, Lane Johnson. But for the most part, you have a you have a young receiving core. Uh, you have a lot of what, what appear to be good young offensive linemen, who are who are and some guys who are ready to step up and, and jump in there. Um, you know, linebackers are not old, although, you know, Slay's a little bit old. But for the most part, you're a pretty yeah. young team and you have, you're have you set up with really good picks. If you don't have to use one of those picks on a quarterback and you can address some of these other areas, man, I mean, this is how you really start to build a sustainable team that's not going to have the ups and downs that the Eagles have had. I mean, if you think about it, yes, they made the playoffs coming off the Super Bowl and, and yep. uh, they won a playoff yep. game and that was great. But it's been a lot of up and down really since then. And to their credit, they bounce back when they're down. They don't stay down for, for a long time. But you want to have that that continued climb or at least that stability where you're not up, down, up, down, up, down. And that's how you do it. Like if this, But if you have – if he can't play and this ends up you're trading both of those first-rounders for a, either an established player who's in the league now or to try and move up or whatever, you know, who knows? Who knows how this thing continues to go forward? Because – Anybody you draft is a crapshoot. I don't care if he's the first overall pick. We've seen that. Yep. You yep. don't know. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I think they've safeguarded themselves against Hurts camp, if Hurts can't play, they're hoping against hope that he can. The last thing this organization wants to do is they have to use one of those first-round picks on another franchise-type quarterback. Because even if they throw him to the Wolves initially, you know, even if he went in next year and beat out Jalen Hurts and started right away, we all saw what happened to a Trevor Lawrence. Now, this team is much further along than, than a Jacksonville team. J- Jacksonville was devoid of, of talent across the board. This team has talent at all the strategic positions. But the problem is when you have a young, struggling quarterback who's trying to find his way, these veterans want to win right now. You know, some of these guys came to this team because they feel this team has a chance to win and go deep to the playoffs right now. But if you put a rookie quarterback in there next year, now you're taking two steps back to get two steps ahead because he's got to go through the trials and tribulations of finding his way as a first-year player in the National Football League. And, of course, he's going to make his fair share of uh, mistakes. By the time he develops, maybe hopefully year two instead of year three, some of the veterans you brought in may not be here, you know. Um, and then you got to go out and try to find other pieces to the equation uh, to make the, to keep this thing afloat. So mm-hmm. I know they're banking. They're in, and that's why they're all in on Jalen right now. They're banking – on this kid turning the corner second year in Nick Sirianni's offense and holding the fourth down. And hopefully this team as a whole can do a lot of damage in the upcoming season. And they, they tried to, um, you know, provide him with the weapons, but they are also in, in, I know every time they talk Sirianni and Howie and, and, and Jeffrey Lurie, they back, of course they do. They back Jalen hurts, Yep. but yep. their actions speak louder than words. And, yep. You know, moving out of that one first round pick and, and, and essentially shifting it to next year 
and you know just kind of waiting and seeing they can say whatever they want we all know what that is we all know what that is so i i think that they're as much as they have more access to um uh, otas what he's looking like in workouts you know all those things that we don't necessarily have they too are very much up in the air they are very much up in the air as to what he is and they don't know either and i think i think it's it was a, it was out of necessity because you needed some weapons. But B, the other thing that making these moves like A.J. Brown do is they basically put it all in front of Jalen Hurts and say, listen, man, you got it. It's there now for you. Again, there's no excuses. It's not like it's just Devontae Smith out there. You have a lot of options now. And that, I think it's a great way to find out. You don't want there to be any gray area. You don't want any middle ground where you're not sure. We're still not sure what he is. Right. Right, because right. here's the thing, Derek, if he's mediocre or let me take it a step further. If Jalen Hurts looks the way he looked last year, they will move on. They, they will. will move on if he, looks like he looked last year and he wasn't terrible last yeah. year, but they will move on. They have to see significant improvement because they are not patient with that position. They will no. make a change no. at quarterback. They will they, look to upgrade. They thought they had the answer when they drafted Carson Wentz. They, you know. They thought he would be the long-term solution, and unfortunately, it didn't play itself out that way. Um, do you think if, if the Eagles sign Brandon Graham beyond this year, Brandon Graham wants to come back and play with a rookie quarterback when he knows it could be a swan song in the National Football League? Do you think Hassan Reddick wants to wait another two years or three years when he came here because he felt this team can win now for a quarterback to develop, and he's two years older, and who's to say the Eagles would even want him here two to three years from now? Do you think some of these other players that are on Darius this team, Slay. Yeah. Darius Slay, want to sit there and wait um, for for another two to three years to, to possibly get to the promised land um, with this organization? No. You know, so that's why the Eagles are putting a lot of bank in Jalen Hurts that this kid – now, we already know he has the mental makeup and, and the maturity to, to succeed at this level. But it goes way farther beyond just the mental makeup and maturity – in terms of making it in the National Football League, there has to be a physical attribute um, that that's that's that has the possibility of improving itself um, to give this team satisfaction that they made the right decision in terms of putting going all in on him. Because if not, the process is going to take a little bit longer than anybody wants wants it to to get back to where you want to go. If and, and that's a big if. Because, you know, quarterback is the most coveted position in, in the draft, and yet history has shown, look at some of the busts. Look at the big busts we've seen in the last 10 years in the National Football League from quarterbacks who've been drafted in the first round. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing too, Derek. Like the the Jalen Hurts as the hard worker uh, mantra that's thrown out there, it kind of yeah. cuts both ways. Like in one sense, we've seen enough talented guys who are knuckleheads and that yep. cost them their career. Yep. Like if they if they would have had yes. the work ethic that Hurts has, they would have been great, right? They could have been great. We could, yes, we could run through exactly. a million different examples. But but the other side of the coin is, as awesome as that is, and he is a truly a leader and a good dude and all that. Yeah, that's not enough. Like you also have to no, be able to play no. on top of it. No. So it's you know some people will use it in, in, to make their argument on either side of this thing. And while I think that's critical to have, it's not the end all be all either way for him. It's really not. You've got to be able to have you, the talent too. You can have success with a quarterback that can manage a game. 
but that quarterback that's managing that game has to minimize his mistakes. He can't put the team at a deficit time and time again. History has shown, and we just talked about it within the last couple of weeks, a whole list of quarterbacks who were managing type quarterbacks who found a decent measure of success in the NFL, you know, so they can get by with that. I think they have all the pieces in other areas where those pieces can cover up for some of the deficiencies a quarterback might have. But if your quarterback's throwing more interceptions than touchdowns, if he has, if he's averaging a fumble, fumble and a half a game, that's not going to get it done, you know, because now, especially when you play better teams, um, they're going to capitalize on that. I don't care how good you think you are. They're going to capitalize on that. That's putting undue stress on your team as a whole. And when you put in undue stress situations, you tend to make more, more, more mistakes than you normally would. Yeah. And, and so lastly, yeah. just to back to Sirianni on this, as far as trust goes, I, I and, and, and I like a lot of things that I saw last year, but right. you know, the other thing is there, even though they went with Andy Reed forever, it was 14 yep. years. I don't think that they're not going to be afraid to make a like if they don't like what they saw this year. I'm not saying they're going to fire Sirianni at the end of the year, but I'm just telling right, you, like right. if they don't like what they saw this year with a team that they put a lot of money, lot you know, and, and invested a lot more into, he's not mm-hmm. going to be on the on the longest leash either. I, I can guarantee you that. No, 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 no. That's not how the Eagles do it. Uh, the, the, you know, I don't think we'll ever see another another coach here. 14, 15 years like an Andy Reid. Nope. It's a it's a win, it's a winner go home mentality right now. Now, Chip Kelly might have had some longevity if he didn't let his ego get the best of him. Doug Peterson was a perfect coach for this organization in the aftermath of Chip Kelly, but it got to a point where, you know, Doug and, and the people upstairs uh just just clashed on whatever reason. You know, when Doug came in here, he was a perfect transition from Kelly in terms of I'm just happy to be here. Um, you know, I'll do whatever the organization wants me to do. But once he won a Super Bowl and proved that he was a quality coach in the National Football League, he wanted to have more hands in the decision-making process. And some people upstairs weren't willing to give that up. And, of course, the two minds cannot meet, and they both have gone their separate ways. You know, and, and I think Nick Sirianni falls into a Doug Peterson category. He's just happy to get his first start uh, as a head coach in the National Football League much younger than Doug was at this stage of his career. He's going to toe the line in terms of what the company wants. But if he starts having consistent measure of success, um, you know, a couple of years, stringing a couple of years together, and I don't blame him, anybody in that position would, he's going to want to have more say-so in terms of how this team is built and what direction this team is going in because his resume has shown that – he can coach at this level. He can win at this level. And they're going to be, you know, headbutting situations with the organization. And either the organization or the coach is going to have to decide, do I want to be here that much longer? Do we want him here that much longer? Well said. All right, let's step aside. When we come back, Jason Avant, former Eagles wide receiver. Can't wait to hear what he has to say regarding this team, the receiving core, Jalen Hurts, a lot of the things. We'll pose this question to him, too, who we trust the most. We'll hit all of those things with Jason when we get back. Don't go anywhere. He's D-Gun. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports, YouTube Network.
Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports Take. I am Rob Ellis, along with Derek Gunn. Barrett off today, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, talked a lot of uh, Eagles and some NFL in our last segment, and we will continue the Birds discussion with our next guest. Played for the Eagles, had a, a really strong oh. Was an Eagle from 06 to 2013. Played uh, in total eight years <sighs> Uh, for the birds and uh, 11 years in the NFL. Jason Avad, what's happening, Jason? What's up, Rob D. Gunn? How you guys doing? I like the lid, first of all. I like That's it. a strong yeah. hat. That is a uh, strong, strong hat right there. I appreciate I, you guys. I owe, you, I owe him an apology, and I will apologize now publicly. I asked Uh-oh. him to be on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him at the last minute. He said, D. Gunn, you can't ask me at the last minute. He was up in New York. He was doing something. And yeah. so I, when I texted him this morning, I said, dude, Yes, just call me last minute D gun. I apologize, but I swear I thought I sent him a text yesterday and I looked at my phone and said, Oh man. So I said, Hey, what are you doing at two o'clock today? And he said, Look, I'm out running errands. Yeah, I know. I said, He said, I'm out running. I said, Dude, you can do it from your phone wherever you can. I said, I appreciate it if you can. So he, when he's out, he's one of those guys, he's like a Brandon Graham, bro. When I called on Jason Avon, he gets D gun, I'll do it for you. He, he very seldom does he tell me no. So I apologize for being last minute D gun again, brother. No, can't take him good. anywhere, Jason. We can't take him anywhere. Take him anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we feel your pain. But Jason, so first off, I, I, I'm fascinated to hear about 
some of your business ventures, man, before we dive into the Eagles and your thoughts. Yeah. But I know we know you have the trampoline business that, that you're involved in. Yeah. Just let people know what's going on, man, and where your spots are and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Well, yeah, so um, I'm, I'm in uh, Deford, New Jersey, Launch Trampoline Park. Come by, check us out. We do everything. We do laser tag, Ninja Warrior, rock climbing, mm-hmm. pool arcade, birthday parties, corporate events. Um, we're constantly adding attractions to the park constantly. We have uh, 33,000 square feet, so it's a big space. Mm-hmm. And um, we employ local kids in the area, trying to give them a chance. They're starting their first job, and uh, we, we have a ball um, in entertaining kids the entire time. You know, I wanted to do that because um, it was a safe, safe space for me growing up in inner city of Chicago. It was something different. I was the first time, you know, me going to Six Flags, I was able to interact with people of all different races. And, um, and I saw a different side of life and it gave me a dream. So I know that can be a safe space for kids. And that's why I opened up Launch Trampoline Park in Denver, New Jersey. I also do, you know, e-commerce and um, real estate and all types of things. I got, I got a hand in a bunch of everything. Good for you, man. That's yeah. awesome. Hey, hey, Jason, with the launch in particular, how much did you get hurt by COVID? D-Gun, D- you're going in and out there. Say it again, buddy. Okay. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I said, how much How much did your trampoline business get hurt by COVID over the last few years? Uh, it got hurt um, pretty substantially. I had three stores. I'm down to one. Um, and, okay. and it wasn't anything to do with the stores, just timing. You know, timing yep. of when the recession or or the pandemic happened, and um, it wasn't enough to 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 gain the trust of some of the the landlords there. So mm. um, that's life. You live, you learn lessons from it. I learned a bunch, and I've also learned how to do other things in order to create revenue. And um, also, you start to realize what your necessities are and what your needs are. And um, we've been able to sustain this business, which is able to take care of the ones that were in debt. Mm. And Jason, I'm curious, your last year in the league was, was 2015. How, how far back, even, even your early years with the Eagles or even college or high school, whatever, were you thinking in these terms once, you know, a lot of guys have that tunnel vision. It's just, I'm playing and I'll be doing this forever. You know, did you realize always that you wanted to kind of venture off into, into different things once it was over for you? It's a fine balance because it takes everything in order to stay in that league, in order to be competitive and play and, and, and be you know, a notable player in that league. It takes a full commitment, a full sacrifice. So you have to have it in the back of your mind and then in your off time when after you're done training, after you put in the time, the effort to be successful, that's when you start asking friends about it. And you know what made me um, really look into it? I always wanted to do family entertainment. So that's one. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, Dawkins and Trey Thomas and Westbrook and that that generation was phased out in a year or two, fast mm-hmm. i was like dude these are all my friends because i've always made friends with older people so you know i'm, I'm calling them old right now like Derek. yeah yeah <laughs> wait wait what 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 <laughs> i've all and i just i've always had no so my grandmother would say because i was yeah. raised by her so um when i started to see them you know get phased out of the league i was like dude i gotta i gotta figure this out and then that's when i began to reach out to people about opening up um different entertainment facilities mm-hmm. and I began to shadow when I was playing. I began to um, intern when I was playing. That's cool. So, so Jason, when you were here, you were always considered a fan favorite and what people loved about you most here, you were tough as nails. You took some hellacious shots, anything that hit your hands, you didn't drop. And you came out of your career in Philadelphia as a fan favorite. And even to this day, when we announced that we were having Jason Nirvana, people are like, I love that dude. 
you know, um, so when you started to decide to make the transition to becoming an entrepreneur, was it always smooth sailing for you because you could open doors that some other people couldn't get through? Or was it rocky roads at times? Did you have to go? Did you have the high tides and the low tides as you learned your way as a businessman? Um, there's always ups and downs, right? Um, I, I always say that you pay for what you don't know. And, um, and people are willing. You just got to get over your pride. And that's one thing that I had to realize is that, you know, people are willing to help if you are willing to reach out to people. And I've created so many relationships and contacts that I had to take advantage of. And I didn't know how to do that because I was always so sufficient. And you're always taught to, to not to rely on anyone. But that's a farce. That's not real information. We're going to need, a, need each other. And um, me starting a business in Philadelphia area was definitely the smartest thing that I could do because I was able to garner um, the name that I created here. And um, also, I'm in the store every day. So people have Eagles questions. People have, you know, they want to take a picture yep. or they want to um, want me to play against their son in dodgeball, which I'm doing already. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it, um, yeah. it, it creates a community. So people feel like they know me. Um, each and every day. So it, it, it was definitely easier opening up the business of Philadelphia, but there's ups and downs to all businesses. It, it wasn't easy at all. I, my, my first couple of years, we didn't know what the hell we were doing, but now we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm remembering the play, but um, on, on the, I'm, I'm going back a little bit here, but the 2010, you know, Miracle, the Meadowlands part three, depending on what you want to call it. Yeah. Did you not have the key block for Deshaun's walk-off punt return in that yeah, game? It was, it was one of the key blocks. I can't take it. It's the, it's the most memorable block, you know, yeah. from most fans' perspective. But there was a couple other blocks in there. Um, Omar Gaither knocked out three people with one block. He, he never Oh, yeah. Play. Is that? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it could have been called a block in the back, too. But uh, we're going to give him the block for it. It, was, it wasn't. <laughs> That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? There's no flag. It wasn't a foul. That's yeah, it wasn't a foul. Yeah. And so and I got the last one. So the funny thing, the story behind that is, is, is that we knew the game was going to come down to that punt. So neither one, neither Deshaun or I are on special teams by that time. It's later in our career, right? right? So we didn't have to be on special teams at that point. But I'm known as the best Eagles rusher during that time. Like you get the most pressure. I didn't always block a kick, but I was able to get pressure. So the, the special team goes, hey, Jay, you got to get in there to rush, the, rush try to block it. So I'm in there, and the first thing I do is go to Deshaun. Like, Deshaun, you in? He's like, yeah, they just got me in. I was like, dude, take it to the house, you know? And um, and I just remember him parting the sea and going up, and I was like, I just got to hit Biasi. And um, I got so excited. Like, no technique knocked both of us out. He had a concussion. I had a concussion. I'm like, dude, that was the worst technique you can ever use, but we scored. So Was that the craziest <laughs> NFL game you were or, or college, high school, whatever game you were ever part of? I've been in some wild games, right? So pro- pros – more than likely, yes. College, we were down like 28 to 7 with like four minutes to go and won the game um, in Minnesota one year. Wow. You know, so it was, it was, it was, it was, I've been a part of some crazy games. Yeah. How many concussions do you think you've had in your career? Uh, realistically, all levels, you, all levels, you got, you got to be the plus 10. Woo! Plus 15. You know, that's Woo! just realistic. You yeah. know, guys will try to, you know, make that number smaller. To, it, when you when you really consider what a concussion is and what we yeah. know now, yeah. we didn't know it then. We would always say you got your bell rung and the coach would give you a little water. You sit down, out, you out for play. But I've got my bell rung over the middle a few times, you know. And I, I remember literally trying to go to sleep on a bench one time in an NFL oh. game. And the, and the trainer's like, dude, get up. You know, it was before concussions were a thing, you know. Oh, so Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's, a, that's amazing. Wow. 
Uh, Jason, we got to ask you, I mean, you, you're coming from a, a, certainly a point of expertise here. First, I want to start with from what you saw last year from Devontae Smith, you know, where, where is the ceiling here for this kid going into his second year now? I say you always, as a receiver, you don't get the mature in your first year. You're still learning the nuances of how to get open and what guys will go for. It's a much different corner, much more patient corner, the best coaching ever. So guys are not going to go for those same moves that you were able to get away with in college. So you're doing a constant juggling of what works and what doesn't work. So he's going to definitely mature and he's going to be a lot better than he was last year, meaning his efficiency is going to go up. How his targets will go up, but also his, well, I don't know if his targets go up because of AJ Brown, but mm-hmm. his his efficiency will go up, meaning that he should be in that you know 70 percent you know mm-hmm. catch range as far mm-hmm. as you know his targets, his targets. Anything that's thrown his way, right? Yeah. yeah, he should get that more. He should be higher on that on that level. So which mm-hmm. causes you to be a more productive receiver. It's not about the numbers that um, the catches that you make. It's about how many yards per catch you can. Mm-hmm. Um, Average and also um, that equates to wins more than the, the number of catches. We like catches because of fantasy football, and mm-hmm. the fans love it because you know you get a touchdown and you get ten catches, you get more points. I don't care about how many catches you get. I care about how many times you were targeted and how mm-hmm. many yards per catch you get, and, and how important that catch was. Mm-hmm. Right, critical third down. So I think that he, he's going to grow in that level, and. Um, Getting covered by the second and third guy now, it only bodes well for our team. So I think mm-hmm. that he's going to have a very um, successful year um, as, long, as long as the quarterback can get it to him. How surprised were you Howie Roseman was able to pull off their trade and bring in an A.J. Brown? Mm. I was definitely shocked. I was shocked. I was pissed at first because Jameson Wood. <laughs> I was mad Detroit got him right before we did. Cause that's what my brain was. I'm like, he's the best. To me, he was the you know one or two arguably best receivers in the draft. To me, so yeah. I was kind of mad. And then it went from mad to happy and all of you know a breath. You know, so I was very very surprised that Tennessee was willing to give up that caliber of player. Like yeah. I said, he's the guy that we're talking about. 65 catches, he's going to have 800 to 1,000 yards. He's going mm-hmm. to have a huge impact on the game. And you just don't find guys like that anymore that has that number, that, that much impact on the game. So I was surprised that Tennessee was willing to give him up so easily, knowing that Julio's old, thinking they can replace him with Traylon Burks. I, I, you can't, you know, it didn't make much sense, but it's, it's good for the mm-hmm. good thing for the and, and he'll do it in a bit of uh, – unique's the right word, but a different way. He's not you know, your classic burner. He's a guy who can make a catch five yard out and then turn it into 25 with that strength. I mean, the guy is absolutely you know jacked as a yeah, receiver. He's a big guy, and usually a big guy that is that strong is and, and, and can shake tackles like that, they have tremendous balance. And it's not something that you talk about much when you talk about receivers and – but only a few of them, like Anquan Bolin wasn't a burner, but he's way faster than Anquan. But one, Anquan was strong, but he had tremendous uh, balance. Mm-hmm. And and so he was able to shake a tackle and not go down, all those types of things. And, and, and A.J. definitely has that. Uh, you know, Jason, I don't know how closely you've stayed associated with the organization, but, man, I'll tell you what, the, the, the opinions on Jalen Hurts right now are either or. When you look yeah. at social media and all the comments – there's no gray area with this young man, either or. And I want to get your perspective based on what you've seen last year, what you've heard in terms of how he's 
going about his business during the offseason and the mini camps. Where do you stand on Jalen Hurts right now, who's still basically an unproven commodity? He's definitely unproven. You can't naysay anyone that, that comes up with that argument. Jalen started out with such a deficiency in that he learned the game in a way that isn't the way that you learn for the pro level, right? The left to right reads, running first at Alabama. He was able to, to, to make some hay at Oklahoma, and that definitely helps him. Uh, being in a pro-style offense, mainly a West Coast offense or number system offense, which is kind of a mix of what we are in now, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to read progressions. You have to get to second and third and fourth reads pretty quickly. And you have to know where you are um, based on coverage and know where you need to be. So I think that he has a long way to go. If anybody can overcome the deficit, it's him because the kid works hard, mm-hmm. hard, hard. You know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in a locker room with him you know, my, in the year that I coached there. He's a galvanizing player. He's definitely the best leader at quarterback that I've ever seen in general mm-hmm. on any team. Uh, any uh, any team you ever played on? Wow. On any team, yeah. That's the type of that's the you know. And I would say I would say in well, let me take that back. Nick Foles was that too. So I, I'll take that back. So him and Nick Foles are the best two quarterback leaders that I've ever been around. Mm. Um, you know, followed up with a close third. I would say um, Alex Smith. Um, but they were just no, like he, he's that guy. He has the ability to win over the entire organization. If you meet him, you want him to win. Do I think that he can do it? Yes. He has a lot of deficiencies. And will he have enough time in this city? That's the question. And I don't necessarily know. I can't give you a solid answer. Yeah. I want the kid to succeed. I want him to succeed. But knowing what I know from a quarterback perspective, he has a lot to overcome in a short mm. period of time in mm. an impatient city. What would you say? Take the um, the 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 great intangible parts. We we know that like he's an amazing leader and everything you just laid out. But yeah. what what is the if you had to put your finger on and just pinpoint the one thing you want to see better from him as a passer? Is it that kind of mid range game, that sort of touch progression? What is it? The the one thing that you say if he gets this, not, that's the thing. It's not one thing okay. because progression is is one thing, right? When you know the plays in and out and you understand coverage, and you understand disguising of defenses, you can eliminate things before the ball is snapped. Meaning, if it's cover three, and this concept is not great versus cover three, but I have a great um, concept on the other side that's for that, me being on the right side of that play before the play starts, I can automatically eliminate those things. So you see, sometimes there's a breakdown in that, getting to the right read at the right times. There are some sacks that are happening, not because the offensive line did a bad job. It's just because he's on the wrong side of the field. That's Mm -hmm. one thing. Now, when it comes to accuracy, getting the ball up, he's so cool and so confident and so, um, you know, you know, confident in his ability. Mm -hmm. He has to learn the NFL tempo and timing. You have to be precise in your drop you have to be on tempo and on time getting back with a sense of urgency so the ball can get up in time so it's not short and guys have to jump over people in order to make a catch things of that nature like those are things that can be coached um but it's a lot of them it's not one or two things there's three or four things that needs to take place for Jalen Hurts accuracy is one of those um but there, there there's some things that have to take place hey Jason from a receiver's perspective 
when you're a high number one draft pick, um, obviously you're going to saddle up to a quarterback because the quarterback knows he has to get that number one receiver the ball X amount of times. But you were a fourth round pick. Okay. Yeah. So how do you how do you win favor with a quarterback to get him to look your way so you can get your numbers up and hopefully get your money up down the road as well? I always say this as receivers, you can't count catches and you can't make your value about catches. Now, that's not the case for most guys. And mm-hmm. most guys don't think like I think. I think that you can make a compelling case for yourself if you turn on the tape and you're always open. Mm. That's how Justin Houston got a hundred million dollar contract because his numbers were so much lesser than JJ Watt. But he said, the times that I rush, I win plus 85% of the time. He rushes 99% of the time and I only rush 65% of the time. And I'm Mm. still almost close to him when it comes to production. And those are the types of things that you can make a case for yourself as a receiver. If you turn on the tape all the time and you're open and you're winning on the plays that are called for you, you can't control that the offensive line doesn't block or if a running back doesn't pick up the blitz or the quarterback throws an errant throw. You can't control that, but I can control if I win. And if you as a receiver put on the tape enough times that Frick, you're always open, he's going to start to abort what was number one on the other side. Number two, I know Avant's always open. Or I know Avant's going to be there in the third down. I know A.J. Brown's going to be there when the game's on the line. And he's going to overrule all the stuff that he's learned in the classroom and throw you the ball. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Wow. wow. That's good stuff, man. Jason, so looking at this team with a lot of things just laid out with Jalen, the additions in the offseason, how good are they? This team is a top 10 roster. I'll tell you that. Like, just flat out. Like, they, they don't have many weaknesses. I would say maybe safety – maybe linebacker, but they're still strong. They're not bad in any of those positions. And when you look at it, they have the best at the two best positions in the league. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to be better than the Rams. They're going to be better than the Chargers. They're going to be better than the Raiders when it comes to D-line or or, um, Buffalo. Um, I'm not going to say that they're going to be better than them, but they're in the top, you know, top three, top five when it comes to D-line. They're definitely number one in O-line. Um, receivers, they're going to be top 10 in. Cornerbacks, they're going to be top 10 in. So when you start to put these groups together, they are top 10 roster. And I think that they can be really good. It's all contingent upon Jalen Hurts' growth and development. And I don't know if I've been around an Eagles team where the trajectory of a team is totally dependent upon one player. Exactly. It is Jalen Hurts. Because this team, if he plays really well, is a Super Bowl-caliber, talented team. Mm. If he doesn't play well, they're, you know, nine win, barely make it to the playoff type of team. Yeah. Hey, Jason, Jason, I want to ask you, um, Rob and I were discussing this earlier in the show. Who is the pressure on more? And I want you to put them in chronological order. Okay. Sirianni, Hurts, Gannon. I would say Hurts, Gannon, Sirianni. Why? Hurts because there is no – your offensive line can protect. You have adequate and more than sufficient receivers. When when a guy that runs a 4-3-5 is your fourth receiver, third, fourth receiver, you got some talent in your room. You know, um, you got one of the best tight ends in the in the in the International Football League, and you got a stable of running backs that have proven themselves not to be um, 
to, to be reliable over the last three, four years. So that's a bunch. Gannon has everything that he's asked for. Jordan Davis, he has a, um, a first-round talent in the Kobe Dean. Got two really good cornerbacks. Got Jaquaski Tart. Um, you, you, you wanted your, your guy from Minnesota back in Harris over Rodney McLeod. Um, so you got a bunch of guys on defense, so there's no excuse for you. Nick Sirianni, I think that he's proven himself. When you think about everything that he's tried last year in order to get this team to get wins, like just from a, a player's perspective, I've seen the man try no huddle. I've seen him try, you know, run and shoot. I've seen him try, you know, short passes at the line of scrimmage. I've seen him try zone read. I've seen him run the ball 90 times a game. He's tried everything in order to get the team wins, and he mm -hmm. finally figured it out midway in the season, and he's proved that he can adapt. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Gannon hasn't proved that he can adapt at all. Mm -hmm. There's people, a lot of – There's a common rhetoric that's saying that I need my players. I'm hearing that way too much. Player Coaches don't need players. They just need um, – you should be able to – no, let me say that wrong. Coaches do need players. But what I'm saying is, is that you should be able to put your players that you have in good enough positions in order to get results. If you mm. don't see a big lead, and I know they're, they're, the scoring numbers weren't bad last year, Jason, as far as from a defensive standpoint. But if you don't see a big leap defensively here with uh, sack totals and takeaways and putting the offense in better positions, I, I mean, the, to me, there's no excuses for Gannon beyond that. Those numbers on tape or on, on, on paper last year are lying. The time when the Eagles were top 10 deep, that's a lie. All of those numbers were lying because teams could do whatever they wanted to on, on the Eagles. They couldn't get in the end zone all the time, the lesser teams. But the teams that had adequate quarterbacks, they got in the end zone. The Tampas, yeah, the mm -hmm. like the teams that had good quarterback play, they got an end zone. The the the, the Lions and the other, they didn't get an end zone, but the teams that were good quarterbacks, they they got an end zone, and they couldn't they couldn't do anything with um their offense running it or passing it. So I don't I don't necessarily um you know think those numbers were telling the truth. You know, in all the years I've known you, and all the interviews I've done with you, and all the interviews I've heard you done, the one thing that has always stood out to me about you is when people asked you, how did you survive in the national football league um, for as long as you did? And I, and I love your answer that you've consistently given in terms of your work ethic made you who you are. Can you share that? Oh, I, I was, it's, it's a blessing. First of all, like, cause I'm not the most talented and um, there's a bunch of guys. Like I had, if, if this was, the NFL floor of talent that you needed required in order to get in the National Football League, I was probably somewhere like right there. You know, mm -hmm. you can see how mangled my fingers are. Um, <laughs> um, not, not as bad as Baldy's, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like right at that that floor. So I had I could, I didn't have the the ability in order to stay out and and hang out, or I didn't have the ability to drop a pass. I didn't have the ability to. Um, you know, not take this serious. So it, it just created in me the desire to work, outwork people and outthink people. It wasn't just that I outworked them. I thought that I outthought out, out them as well. And when it comes to, um, you know, little subtleties in the game or knowing where I needed to be before the play 
was even snapped or um, picking up a blitz, those things. And, I, and, and the other thing that you do is that you, you learn how to make yourself valuable. So I knew every receiver position. I knew the running back position. I knew what the tight ends had to do. Um, even on defense, I knew what the nickel would do on certain coverages and, and things. So you learn how to be valuable. And I knew everything on special teams. I could, if, if I needed to, I can catch a punt. If I needed to, I can, I can kick return. Even though I wouldn't go far, I still could at least get us, you know, a fair catch. <laughs> you know, so I, I just think that you have to make yourself, don't, don't allow the coaching or whoever else to put you in the box. You have to make yourself valuable. And that's with any field that you're in. You have to be able to to do more than one thing, and, and work ethic is, is definitely that. Like catching, like it's amazing to me when I think about it. For the number of catches that I had, I probably have caught maybe four hundred balls to every one catch that I made in a game. Mm-hmm. Like when you really like when you really think about all the catches that you put in, like the the, the amount of hours I spent on a jug machine just to make one get one catch in a game, it it's crazy. 346 catches. That's a lot of jugs. Yeah, machine. It's a, that's it's for a sure. Lot, it's a lot of jugs. Like you, when you really think about it, it's a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It, all right, last one, Jason, for me. Uh, your Wolverines, how good are they going to be this year? Big, big leap last year. They made a big leap. Um, I'm hoping that the quarterback play will, will continue to get better. We lost a lot of guys in the draft. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the team excelling and, and competing with Ohio State and Penn State and those likes, um, you know, going forward. I think that we have a solid roster. Um, I like I like the the backup quarterback, and they have a great competition going on right now. Um, so I'm looking forward to the team at least being in the, in the conversation of being the top three teams in the Big Ten. Um, will I say we'll beat Ohio State again this year? It's going to be tough up there in Columbus with, you know, losing so many first-round picks. Right. Hey, hey, Jason, um, are you still doing your show with Quentin Michael? If so, share with everybody where you're doing it and when they can see it. Yeah, so we're we're taking a break for the summertime, but we'll be back uh, during the during the season. It's called the Q and A podcast. It's on Inside the Birds platform, um, on uh, Inside the Birds platform. Also, Inside the Birds at gmail.com is where you can send your questions to. We answer questions from the fans. We also talk about the game each and every week. Um, I do that. I also do Inside the Birds um, pregame with um, Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan, yeah. and uh, yeah. and these guys and, are great. Yeah, They're yeah. awesome. Cosell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, great Cosell. Yeah. So um, we we have a we have we have a great time doing that. Um, I'm also going to be doing some stuff with the University of Michigan this this um, all, um, this season Saturday reporting uh, for a radio station there. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward and having a great time doing covering football. Awesome! So we'll wow, that's great. Keep dude. up the good work, Jay, and t- let everybody know again uh, where where your trampoline and and your your entertainment park is. Oh yeah, so Launch Trampoline Park in Defer, New Jersey. Again, Launch Trampoline Park in Defer, New Jersey. If you guys want to follow us, um, follow me is J um, underscore Avant eighty one on all of my social media handles, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon too. Awesome, yeah, man. man. Jason, hey, man, you're down the, the road. I yeah. promise you, I will give you better warning down the road when we get. Because uh, we we are going to get you. He's more lying, time Jason. Season. He's lying. I promise I you, Jason. I, I, I don't believe it, but I'll work for barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll be the one who gets some because we don't. That's for sure. Uh, Jason, oh, thanks, man. man. It was great hanging with you. We appreciate oh, no it. No problem. You guys have a great one. All right, you too, you man. Thank you, care. bro. What a good dude, man. Uh, he's one of my all-time sharp. favorites, man. Yeah, God, he is sharp, man. I he mean, should his, be coaching. His, he should yeah, be he coaching. should. His analysis is dead on. 
I'll tell you what, man. He painted an interesting picture there of Hurts. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. leader, but yeah. he wasn't afraid to tell you there's a lot of shortcomings there. Yes, yes, yes. And who would know better than a former player? You yeah. know, you, you, you talk to a lot of players, especially players who are associated with the organization. They want to give you a strategic answer because they don't want to have to go in the building and face somebody and say, hey, why did you say that? You know, and, and there's nothing that Jason said that's that's derogatory. It's an honest assessment of what he's seen yeah. from this young man. And, and that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But some people are afraid to step out on that plank and make that honest assessment. And yeah. when he started saying it, he's I'm, I'm thinking that's exactly what I've been saying all along is I can't get out of this gray area with this young man. He's mature beyond his years. Um, he knows how to handle himself in high pressure situations. And I'm not just talking about games. I'm talking about in terms of handling himself in a very passionate, emotional, critical market, one of the most critical football markets in all of America. And nothing rattles this kid. But it all comes down to can you get the job done between the stripes? And we don't know yet. And so that's why I'm saying until further notice, I'm stuck in this gray area. So kind of like a Bermuda Triangle, so to speak, with him. That's fair enough. And and I think that's where – Look, he's giving his honest assessment there. And, and there's there's not people turn that in. He's a hater. No, nobody's a hater. That's what their analysis is from what he's no, seen. No. And he and he said, look, you know, there are some things that he can certainly get better at, and we'll see, but it's a lot. It's a lot to overcome. All right. We'll uh we'll we'll continue to dig into that when we get back. So a couple things when we come come back, Derek. One, Deshaun Watson will have a hearing tomorrow. We'll find we'll there's a lot going on with that, which we'll we'll delve mm-hmm. into. Uh, the Avalanche win the cup. Tony Larusa telling players, his own players, don't bust your butt. Don't always run balls out. And that has not gone over very well with a lot of people. That's for sure. The Philadelphia Stars are in the USFL championship game. Did you know that, Derek Gunn? Which is I did one. not know. We will dive into that as well. There's a lot of other stuff that we will cover when we get back. Don't go anywhere. D Gunn, Rob Ellis, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Rolling into the final segment of the show, Sports Take. Smash that like button, if you will. Our uh, kind friends listening, our kind friends streaming, our friends in the comment section. We see each and every one of you, and we appreciate you. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, on this Monday. All right, Gunner, so uh, tomorrow, uh, Deshaun Watson will have a hearing um, in front of essentially a judge who was appointed by the NFLPA and the NFL. the reports are the NFL is pushing for him to miss the entire season, an indefinite suspension. Woo! Clearly the, yeah, clearly the other side of it is, you know, Deshaun Watson's people do not think that should be the case. It should be a limited suspension. They will appeal if it is something that, 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 that big a margin, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be interesting to see what that, the way that thing shakes out. It's going to be taking place Tuesday. As I mentioned, there's been a lawsuit filed, um, by Tony Busby against the Texans. Tony Busby is, is the um, attorney who's been representing the women, some of the women that have been uh, bringing civil suits uh, against yep. Deshaun Watson. There's still four out there that have not been uh, resolved, but they are going to be uh, bringing a lawsuit against the Texans who they claim knew and were enabling the activity that was going on. So there's a, there's a lot happening there, man, as we, we're now a month away from training camp, by the way, too. If if the NFL gets what it wants, can you imagine the egg the, the Cleveland Browns are going to have on their faces for making this deal for a guaranteed $230 million and not getting any usage out of him for this entire season? And beyond that, you're going to be forced to keep Baker Mayfield now. Yeah, You're going to have to keep Baker. Yep. You know, I was, Who doesn't I was want the, any parts of being No, there. I was of the mindset, you got to get Baker out of there because that's a distraction in the locker room you don't need. But Cleveland has a team that can that can compete right now, yeah, and yeah. you can't, you can't go into this season with a, a third string quarterback as your starter. You're not going to get anybody in a waiver wire out there of any any great value, you know. Um, wow, woo, that, that's a tough one. But you know, you knew this wasn't going to go away anytime no. soon, Rob. They're no. going to be more. They're going to be more more and more coming out of creeks and crevices, cracks and crevices about this thing. Who knows how long this could go on? But, man, if the NFL suspends him for the entire year, I thought maybe eight games whittled down to six. You know, if, if, if Deshaun Watson's representation gets what they want, it'll be like a six-game suspension, maybe eight, just right. to appease the league. And, man, whoo, wow, yeah. that's, still, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of baggage they're carrying right now. You would think that – this needs to be handed down relatively soon because if you're um, Watson's people and you want to appeal it, you want to know what it is before the season starts, before yeah, training. Yeah, camp. yeah, man. So we're we're getting close, and, and not to mention the Browns organization. So we're getting close to this thing, uh, Derek. I mean, that's that. There's a lot to dive into there with this thing for sure, and we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing where this thing is headed. But it's um, it is it's a sticky situation, man. It's an ugly situation. Here's the other part. 
that I don't hear many people talking about. If he gets whacked for the entire year, you talk about two straight years of sitting out of sport. And I know he's young, but that's a long, that's a long period of time not to be honing your skills, man. I know. I know, man. Um, You know, no matter how good you are, you know, there's some rust you have to shake off, you know, now some can do it quicker than others, but still, you know, you're talking about getting acclimated to a system, getting game uh, acclimated to players that you're not used to playing with. That just doesn't happen overnight. The timing, the rhythm, and everything, that's not just going to happen overnight, man. This this scenario could cost Cleveland uh, a valuable season this year. I don't think Cleveland is, is in, in my top three or four Super Bowl contenders to represent the AFC, but they're a team that could upset the apple cart in a lot of ways. Uh, but the more they put the handcuffs on Watson and the Cleveland Browns organization, the more detrimental this becomes overall. And that's the thing, too. That's like, like for me, the Browns took a risk doing this. You had to yeah. know that this could be the circumstance. You had to know that this is the way this could play out. Yeah, man. You wow. know, you took a major, major gamble here, and it's it could really blow up in their face. That's for sure. Um, all right, so a couple other odds and ends. Tony Larusa uh, was speaking to one of the Chicago newspapers, and he basically said, "Look, uh, we have there's five star player, five of our players on this team. It turns out they're their five best players, but." Uh, we, we've told them that, yeah, it's not necessarily to run hard at all times. You know, so you have a ground out to second base or, or a sharply hit ball to third or shortstop. We're okay yep. if you don't really bust it out of the box. I'm sorry, man. I know I'm going to sound like the, the old man screaming on the lawn and all that, but give me a break. I mean, you, you're telling me a baseball player, and I know the skit, the year is long and, and it's 162 games, but there's not that much moving around and activity in game. You can't bust it out of the box to get the first base. I, I, and LaRusse is old school. He's an old manager. It's terrible. Yes, yes. I've never heard of any manager at any level, any coach at any level, telling telling your players don't bust it. You know, whether it's 162 games, whether it's 60 games, whatever the case may be. You're taught at Little League. You know, if you make contact with the ball, you, you bust it out of that box. That's the way you play the game. And you look at most major leaguers, even on a routine ground ball, you see them busting it down to first base, hoping that the, the throw is errant or the first baseman drops the ball or whatever the case may be. I'm surprised, especially at Tony LaRusa. Now, if it's one of these new young type up and coming managers who, you know, as we know, the mindset changes between what we, we grew up knowing and what we see nowadays in terms of how to get to the players of today. Okay, I can buy that. But when you're talking about an old school guy like a LaRusa, I'm shocked that he would let those words come out of his mouth. What kind of message are you sending? Because if your players start abiding by what you've told them to do, there's going to come a time, point in time in a game where if your player had busted down, he might have been able to beat that throw there. Whether it's uh, first base or whatever the case may be, he might have been able to beat the throw there. What if the first baseman drops the ball? What if the ball one hops and skips past the per- first baseman or the first baseman blocks it but has to get off the bag to reach and get the ball but still has time to get back to make the out when if you'd have busted down the play, you, you might have been safe, you know, right. and, and rule the air. So I'm shocked that Tony La Russa would, t- would tell these people that, man. I'm, I'm just – I can't believe it. Well, let me. The one other offshoot is if you've instructed five guys that you don't want that you want to preserve, I guess, or whatever yeah. the best word is. Yeah. What are you telling? What, what's the message to the others? Like you're, you're kind exactly. of exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Parts, um, replaceable part, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like 
that's a bad mixed message that you're sending to your team. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know that I, I don't, I don't get that dude. And I would imagine you got to have a conversation with the ownership upstairs about they comment to explain yourself. I don't yeah. care what your credentials say. And let's face it. LaRusso has, has had an incredible career as a manager. I don't care what your credentials say. I want to know exactly what you meant by that to see if it goes with our company policy in terms of what we believe our team should be. And take it a step further, Derek, just for them specifically and for LaRusso saying that. All right, you're a fan of the Chicago White Sox. You you went into this season with high expectations. You were a playoff team last year. They're three games under 500. They're five and a half yeah. back in their division. And you yes. hear your manager saying, it's okay if you don't bust it out of the box to certain players. I'm losing exactly. my mind. I am absolutely exactly. losing my mind. Yeah. From a fan base who's paying yeah. good money uh, to, to see your product on the field, from yep. a fan base that's buying your jerseys and other souvenirs, mm-hmm. you want to feel you get your money's worth, man. Yeah. Uh, from players themselves, when you tell your team to back off, you know, and, and it's okay, um, it, it's okay to 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 half heartedly go down to first base. You know, are you conceding the season already when there's still a lot of baseball to be played? And as you just said, you were a playoff team last year. We have the capability of being a playoff team again this year. Yeah. Um, that's that's the wrong signal to send man very weak it is weak all right so the philadelphia stars of the usfl derek uh next uh saturday will be playing in the championship they uh what they'll be taking on yes the birmingham stallions how about this you ready for this derek so when the usfl was around all three years back in the day remember the 80s oh yeah 384 85 the stars for the for two of those years were in Philadelphia, and then they were in they yep. moved to Baltimore. Every single one of those years, they were either in the championship or winning the championship in the eighties. And Isn't now they're when they had the Herschel Walker. Didn't they have Herschel Walker? No, no, they had uh, they Kelvin have? Bryant. Uh, Kelvin they had Bryant. Irv okay. Eatman. They had uh, Chuck Fusina. Okay, Scott Yafitsky. Okay. They, they, they they had some really good players. They had Sam Mills. Like they had some really wow. good players back in the day. Jim Mora was the coach. Jim Moore senior. So they were, they were good. And, um, Oh my God. Carl Peterson was their GM. Remember Carl Peterson with the Eagles and the chiefs. Absolutely. So they had some, they had some, uh, some good, you know, personnel and people, but they're in the championship again. So in each and every year, the USFL has been in existence. The stars have been in a championship game. That's unbelievable. That's pretty cool. Right. So they're in again this year. And where are they playing the game? Well, they played all the regular season games in In Alabama. Yeah, Yeah. Alabama. Yeah. The the playoffs and the championship is in Canton, Ohio, where the Hall of Fame uh, plays. And that's pretty cool, right? That's that's cool, dude. And I know I saw a lot of our folks on the uh, on the in the comment section are actually going to the game. So that's awesome. Enjoy it. Wow. So good good for the stars, man. Representing. You know, I've never been been to Canton, Ohio. Really? In all the years I've covered the NFL over four decades. All the great athletes I've covered who've made their way to Canton as Hall of Famers, I've never gone to Canton, Ohio. I'm shocked. As yeah. someone who's a, a football aficionado and, and lover yes. of the game like you. Yes, and I know I have friends who have gone just to go to see a player inducted. Huh. And I've never been up there to cover an event, never been up there in any way, shape, or form. Canton, wow, that's, that's interesting. They, I'll tell you, this year we'll have a very big uh, Philadelphia contingency because Dick Vermeil's going in. And he actually said Absolutely. the other day that he's going to be going in as an Eagle. So that's pretty cool. So even you though we won that, a championship with the Rams. You see, Daz Deal says, yeah, you're not missing nothing, D-Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, man. See, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not really looking to, to 
tour Canton itself. I just want to, the, the football hall of fame is where it's all at, man. I mean, just- I, you're right. I, I would love to see the football hall of fame just to say, I walked through it in, in the house of legends, but Canton, Ohio is not on my bucket list to visit anytime soon. No, I mean, look, the same thing would apply to Cooperstown, right? I mean, right, you want right. to see the, the baseball hall of fame. But- right. And actually, I've heard, I take that back. I've heard it's a pretty nice little vacation spot right there. But a lot of good fishing on the lake there and all that. So maybe that would work better for you. Yeah, I still, no, I'm not going to Cooperstown either. <laughs> not no. really. No. Yeah, no. That no. Uh, no. All right. So a couple of the things that we, we slightly touched on a little bit. The the, um, yeah. the Avalanche win the Stanley Cup four games to two over the Lightning. And uh, what you saw early, Tampa scores early. And then it was kind of, a, it was a turnover on, on Colorado's part. But Colorado from there on out, Derek, especially in the in the third period, said, We are just gonna smother you from here on out. And yeah. Tampa couldn't yeah. Tampa could barely make a pass. They were that they couldn't even get across the blue line. Dude. No, no, it was uh, impressive. Yeah. And, and when they did get it across the blue line, they didn't keep the puck in the opposition zone much. You know, Colorado was just that team. I still feel that things would have been a little bit different had it not been for what happened in game five. I, was, I believe it was game five when uh, Colorado had too many men on ice. Correct. You know, Colorado maybe still would have won game five, but you don't know. And it could have been Tampa Bay up 3-2 instead of Colorado going into the last game 3-2. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think Tampa got jobbed in that regard. But I like the mindset. I don't remember what player it was, um, but one player for Tampa after the game said, who says we, we're done? Who says we won't be back next year? I love that mentality, man. Oh, my goodness. You look at the nucleus on Tampa's roster, and, and of course, you look at the nucleus on Colorado's roster. And, you, and as you talked about, how many first-round draft picks they have on that Colorado roster, I fully expect both of these teams to be back there again next year. No, I do too. I, there, there is no re- and and to Tampa's credit, even this year, they lost a lot in free agency, Derek, and they yeah, still they bounced yeah, back and went to Game Six of an NBA final. That's really really cool, man. All right, so and, I wanted to throw this. Still had to make, yeah. and they still had to make some moves, some trades during the season. To, to shore up their team. Oh, they did in season. You're right. Yeah. 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 And, and no, they, they didn't did. miss a beat, you know? And so kudos to both teams for great seasons. Unfortunately, one team has to lose, but you know, Colorado, what a team. And as we said at the outset of this series, man, you look at how deep that team is. You look at, they got two goaltenders. Some teams flyers don't have one goaltender. And this team has two goaltenders. that could be starters for just about anybody in the NHL. All right. I got to ask you about this. Yeah. Uh, the Peacock Network, you know, they've been doing that kind of leadoff series where they do like an early baseball game on Sunday. The, the, the Phillies were involved in it a few weeks ago and they start at noon. It's an early game, whatever. It's a, it's, right, a, right. it's your, it's kind of a non-traditional streaming broadcast from, uh, from Peacock. So I think it's next week. Uh, th- th- I'm sorry, this week coming up, which is 4th of July weekend. 4th of July is what Monday. Um, Peacock is going to have basically no play by play guy. And, no color analyst in the booth for the game. They're going to have an in-game reporter, uh, Ahmed Farid, former Tiger outfielder uh, who's, a, who's an analyst for Bally Sports, Craig Monroe, and NBC Sports' Brittany Yurton will take fans around Detroit's Comerica Park throughout the game, providing viewers with a tour of the ballpark. That's how they're going to broadcast the game. Don't want to see it. They tried that a few times in the NFL. Remember that? When yeah. They well, they didn't use the anybody. With no yeah. No. And I'm sorry. It's just not the same thing. 
I want an announcer to set the tone for me. I want the announcer to tell me things about players that we didn't know, little tidbits about, you know, the do's and don'ts, likes and don't likes, where they came from, uh, things like that. I don't want to take a two-over ballpark. What are you going to show me? How many food vendors can you show me in one ballpark? How many interviews can you do with uh, with fans? I don't want to see that. I'm going to hear about the players in the game, man. So not, I'm 99.9% sure I, w- I will not be watching. I'm with you. Like, I don't – I, I, it doesn't need – you don't always need to outthink things. You don't always need to no, be so no, cute no. with everything. You don't – like they've already turned that broadcast – and I know because I watched it because the Phillies were playing the uh, the Nats. It was a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's almost like a talk show, if you will, during a game where there's – like oh, oh, and by the way, there's a home run. So let's get back to this yeah. funny story we're telling. Yeah, like, yeah. We like, got Joe we Blow from Kalamazoo. Yeah, who drove two days to get here uh, in, yeah. in, in a in a in a Yugo or something like that? And, and I'm not saying oh, like, hey, man. like I'll give you an example, another example of the Phillies. So yesterday they're in, they're playing in San Diego, and Garrett Stubbs and Andrew Bellotti are both from the San Diego area. Right. Stubbs right. had a big insurance hit, which which gave the Phillies an insurance run yesterday, and it was cool. His dad's in the stands going crazy, yes. the mob, yes. and you know, I, I, I love that stuff. Like that's phenomenal. Yes. Guy yes. just gets called up and mom and dad are in this. Give me more of that. I have no issue with that. But I don't need – here's our crazy hot dog of the day. Oh, by the way, there's a triple play. No, no You know, no. We're serving live octopus on today's menu. I don't care about that kind of stuff, dude. Exactly. Who was the, Philly, who was the Phillies player that had like 20-something people? He was from San Diego area, had 20-something people, uh, and yeah. he got to pitch the one inning, uh, struck out the sides yesterday. Velotti, uh, Andrew Velotti, yeah. Yeah, twenty something people in the stands watching him. You know, and he got struck out the sides. That's awesome. I See, you, never, you, you never would have known that if you if you didn't have an announcer to set the stage for you. Right, and I, the really cool thing about those two guys, Stubbs and Bellotti, is they're not kids. They're not twenty two. Like Stubbs no. is uh, twenty nine. He's yeah. bounced around the minor leagues a ton. Yeah. Finally got a shot with the Astros and ended up coming over, getting traded to the Phillies. And Bellotti was out of baseball, Derek, until last year yes. for like six years, recovering yes. from an injury. Yes. So, like, these are great perseverance stories. Great man. stories. You know, you don't yeah. get that. And plus, on top of that, Rob, as we know in the industry, let's say, for instance, something like this caught on, where, you know, more and more networks decided to show games without broadcasters. That's costing a lot of people a lot of jobs, you know. Amen. And that's the last thing you want to see happen is a lot more people out of work. There's enough people out of work right now in various fields for whatever reasons. That's the last thing you want to do. And I think I think when you have the right broadcasters in the booth, you know, I think you get your adrenaline pumping just as much as you, you want to see the combatants go at it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of great broadcasters out there that just know how to set the tone for anything. Oh, yeah. It could be tiddlywinks, and they know how to set the tone, like a Jim Nance, you know, yep. guys like that, you know. Um, and I'd hate to see those people not in the booth anymore. I'll give you an example. Gus Johnson. Gus, Gus Johnson. If you're watching – a college basketball or a college football game, man, and the place is rocking and he's going bananas. It's, I love, man, I'm in. I, I don't, that's as good I'm, as it gets for me. I've always jokingly said, I want Gus Johnson to do the eulogy at my funeral. <laughs> I've always said that if there's one person I could pick to give my eulogy at a funeral, oh. it would be Gus Johnson. Can you imagine how hyped up that would be? I respect guys who bring it as far as the juice goes every single time out. And Gus yeah, Johnson yeah, brings the yeah, juice every yes. single time, yeah. no matter what it, the game is or circumstance. 
Can you imagine when he's trying to motivate his kids? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Two awesome, dude. Bad kids. You know, he's going crazy. No. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is unbelievable. Man. Oh, my right. goodness. So this was fun today. We'll get Barrett back tomorrow. Uh, Derek, I want to thank our guest, Mike Seals, who goes by who goes by Maybe. Dagger One now. He is Dagger, yeah, Dagger One. One. Yeah. Um, he joined us a little bit earlier. We had Jason Avai. That was a nice uh, little treat to have Jason on too. Talk a little bit about uh, Jalen Hurts and the receiver position, and of course his iconic block on the uh, Deshaun punt return in yeah, 2010. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun today. I want to thank our producer Xander Krause. All of you in the comment section. We see you. We appreciate you. Uh, and hit that again, like button, babies. Hit yes. the like button. Yeah. yeah, hit that like button and and, and subscribe if you haven't, and, and tell a friend. That's for sure. All right, so we have the National Football Show coming up with Dan Cilio. As always, Derek, you and I and Barrett will be back at the same time tomorrow. We'll be, uh, we'll, we'll be rocking it out at noon Eastern tomorrow. So we will see you then. Everybody have a safe and a great Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Gunner, good job, man. Talk to you soon. Likewise, bro. with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community, a sports roundup for the locals, and the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight cares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at the ocean. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.